What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I am your host, Mitch, and today Boozy and I are joined by returning guest, longtime friend, and all-around horror fanatic, Alexis Olenek. Alexis was last on when we discussed and reviewed The Nun in 2018. And today we are discussing Alexis's film pick, 2014's The Voices, which is a black comedy horror starring Ryan Reynolds, Anna Kendrick, and Gemma Arterton. Uh, we, of course, spend the first hour of this episode catching up with Alexis and hearing about the many genre titles that have stood out to her over the last few years, including a video game and an anime series. We had a blast hanging out with Alexis, and we really hope that you all enjoy listening to this episode. Next week, I will be welcoming our friend and fellow podcaster, Chris Hurtado of the Inside the Sequel podcast to talk about Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, which hits theaters on streaming on March 31st, which is the day after this episode is posted. You can also expect to hear both Boozy and I on the Inside the Sequel feed over the next few weeks. Boozy and I recently joined Chris for an episode on Roland Emmerich's 1998 Godzilla, uh, which should be dropping within the next week or so. We also conclude part three of our Fantasy Oscars draft with Daniel Epler of Cobweb's A Gothic Cinema Podcast, Chris Hurtado of Inside the Sequel, and myself. Uh, so if you haven't listened to any of those episodes yet, part one is on the Cobweb's feed, part two was on the Terror Table feed just a few weeks ago, and part three will be on the Inside the Sequel feed. Another quick reminder that you can save 10% off your next order from FrightRags.com by using the promo code TERRORTABLE10. FrightRags is the best place on the internet to find high quality and unique horror apparel. Visit their website at fright-rags.com and grab yourself some new horror threads today. Last but not least, we'd like to share a few words from this week's sponsor from directwest.com. Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. And with all that out of the way, enjoy this week's episode of The Terror Table with Alexis Olenek talking about 2014's The Voices. Sing a happy song, sing a happy song. And we're back at the terror table. I am one of your hosts. My name is Mitch. And with me, as always, or usually I got my boy. Uh, it's Boozy. Boozy's in the trap. And uh, this week we have no Kyle, but we are joined by our longtime listener, longtime friend, Alexis Olenek, all the way from Vernus, Vernon, British Columbia. Beautiful <laughs> Vernon, BC. I got it right, right? That's you are in Vernon. Yes, yeah. I did a hop, skip, and jump from uh, Saskatchewan to Alberta to, to BC was my ultimate goal, and I made it. You also missed the part where you went to Japan for a year. Yes. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was all... That was in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but that was all within the time frame of us becoming pals. And uh, yeah, you came on the podcast once back when we still had Diego at the table, and I believe yeah, we did... that was a the, long time ago. Yeah, it was The Nun. We, we recorded the day after The Nun came out. <laughs> Yes. Yes. But today we're going to be talking about one of Alexis's picks, which is The Voices from 2014. So we'll get all into that uh, in the main feature. But before all that, let's do our normal thing. Let's catch up. Let's talk. It's been a while since Boozy and I have talk it, talked to this way as well. I know, Boozy, you had a surgery last week? Uh, yeah, I'm 10 days from having surgery. You look great. It was on your face, wasn't it? Yeah, I got my nose reconstructed interiorly. 
What? Just all the yeah, cocaine. I, I, uh, I broke my nose when I was a kid that never got fixed. So like I couldn't breathe out of one nostril. So they fixed it all up for me. Wow, I just thought you looked different on video. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're looking good. I had uh, my neck cut open yesterday. So we're talking as I have like some like I, I thought I was gonna have like one or two stitches, but I, I guess it's like eight. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty pretty rough to be honest with you. Uh, we we can yeah. uh, no, we can't see it. So like I wanna yeah. tell you you look good, but then I'd be lying because I can't see it. I don't look good. I even I dimmed my exposure on well, my Well, you know, you're today. beautiful. You're giving us like a, a what would that be? A two face right now. We have like is, the evil side of Mitch. Okay, is that what's happening? Because <laughs> is that better? There you go. Yeah, okay. I was only getting like half of your face. I didn't realize. You sorry. Sa- you don't sound like you just had a throat surgery. <laughs> like, no. Well, it, to be fair, it was external. It was like I oh. had a surgery a couple of years ago that was internal in my throat, and then. Uh, there was like when you heal certain ways, sometimes it just doesn't heal properly and they have to like cut stuff out. It's really gross. Uh, but we are a horror podcast, so I guess you guys are used to being grossed out this a little bit. This is Welcome to the Recovery Podcast. We're going to talk about how we're recovering right now. Yeah, and actually, like while we're at it, we can just say that Kyle, the reason he isn't here is because he's currently um, healing from his circumcision. That we had pro- he had promised when he joined the show that he was going to get it done. And yeah, you, get- you know, during no the Christmas break, we uh, we chipped in a couple bucks and we said, Kyle, like we're not doing another year of this. It was so. only two hundred twenty bucks. We couldn't yeah. have him out there. We couldn't have him out there, like you know, representing us with a full hood. That's just. <laughs> I do not. I do not even believe you guys right now. Are you serious? No, it's probably a good idea not to believe us. It's definitely not <laughs> serious. <laughs> I'm glad that we yeah, seemed compelling about it, though. No, yeah. no. I don't know if you guys remember, but you t- actually titled the first episode that I was on. You titled it. Um, did you title it "Never Been Snipped"? Or no, it was it was something else clever. <laughs> something something offensive. You did. You did that. ask me yeah. <laughs> that question. And uh, yeah, we yeah. found out that you, uh, in fact, do not have a penis, so you weren't <laughs> able to answer was, that question. Yeah, it was a little yeah. bit of a letdown, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But either way, where how have you been otherwise, Alexis? It's been a it's been a while since we've talked. I know I think the last time we saw each other was when we were in Calgary for Hex. Like the Yeah, yeah. And you and Gavin came over and I think we were all super stoned on the couch watching Texas Chainsaw three D. <laughs> Right. I know I actually remember you guys watching uh what's that movie called I haven't actually watched it Ter- Terrifier is that it oh yeah Terrifier um, I remember you guys were very very excited about the the scene where he chainsaws her in half starting from the badge <laughs> rightfully so <laughs> whoa spoiler alert <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I need to see this movie now. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And you're scared of clowns too. Maybe that's why we put it on because I know that you, uh, you have a clown, uh, the yeah. reverse, reverse fetish. Yeah. I don't know. My brain's not working. And <laughs> and that was we had our was our Airbnb like there wasn't like enough space for everyone, or did John just willingly choose? Like he slept on the floor like it was a trap house, and I and it was his birthday the next that, day. That was so, the- Okay, we got. I, I don't. I think we have think to have told the story. That, we, we have, have to, to have mentioned that. But we're all, we're all sleeping in like big comfy beds, and John's the oldest guy there who should definitely have a bed. But like, <laughs> and oh, we no, all love fine. him. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh no, it's fine. I'll take the floor, and we wake up to get ready to leave in the morning. He's sitting on his phone. He's like, oh, my phone just won't stop blowing up. We're like, why? He's like, oh, it's my birthday. Like, what the oh, fuck? You even know. Oh. No. It's like I a mean, big birthday. At least the couch, not the floor, man. 
Yeah, no, he had it like his own little sleeping bag, and and he rolled it out like Hobo Johnson or something. Yeah, and I'm yeah. assuming that's what a Hobo Johnson would do. So was that before Japan or after Japan? How long ago was that? That was after Japan, but <laughs> uh, yeah, either way, it was a good time. But it has been a long time, and now you're out in BC. How's that life treating you? Oh, it's great. I'm loving it. I yeah, I don't know. It was my goal, and, I, and I'm really glad that I uh, I made it happen. I made it out here. Um, it's just insanely beautiful. Like I literally live on a mountain, like halfway up a mountain and have like gorgeous, the most beautiful lakes I've ever seen at the bottom of the mountain. And I'm surrounded by forest. Like <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's my, it's like my dream kind of lifestyle and, uh, living. I, I don't think I can go back to living in a city after this. <laughs> okay. So what are you doing out there actually? Are you, like a, uh, are you squirrel whispering professionally? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I work at a nature center. And, like, my title is, like, lead nature interpreter. So, yeah, I literally take people on, like, nature walks and shit and, like, just know my shit. <laughs> so you have to tell them what the bear's thinking when you walk past? Is yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to be, you're the middle man, middle yeah. woman. Or, like, yo, look, that's some big bear shit. We probably should get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, so you're part-time, like, shit expert as well. That's part yeah. of the job description. Oh, I also yeah. have to say, um, just just living up there, have you heard any, like, wood knocking or, like, whooping, <laughs> anything of that nature? Anything suspiciously Sasquatch-like? I have not yet, but I will let you know as soon as I do, and I will record that location. It's because you're <laughs> out there, you're, you're keeping your eye out for the Bigfoot and the Sasquatch, yeah. but what you're, where you're not looking is for Nessie in the water. Everyone knows Nessie's down there. No, here it's uh, it's Ogopogo. Actually. Yeah, Ogopogo. We got uh, Ogopogo and Okanagan Lake. Yeah, I, yes. I'm always keeping an eye out. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So that's actually uh, what you're there for is just cryptid watching. This is yeah. almost like a front. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys still, are you going to plan? Because I can't remember if you're planning to do that in Alberta or BC. Uh, we're still it's Alberta. It's going to be, it, yeah, the furthest we'll probably go is Alberta, but it's for sure going to happen in some way yeah. with um, our boy Mitch. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to quickly read an email from listener Elio, and then we can get on with the show if you guys are cool with that. Yep. All right, so this one it comes from Elio. I believe he thinks that Kyle's going to be here for this episode, so bear with us. Uh, hey, boys. Hope you're all doing well. Boozy, happy recent birthday. When was your well, thank birthday? Thank you. Uh, it was on the second. Okay, so it's been out. Yeah, well, we, yeah, okay. Kyle, congrats on the release of the new EP. Overall, congrats on 200 episodes and the special guest who I don't know if by the time you read this email has happened or not. He's flexing there because I, I gave him a little insider deets at one point, Ooh. I think. Uh, so Are I just you just handing to... out insider information like that? I thought well, the terror he... table was a fortress of solitude. He's our, he's our boy, Big L. Big L gets all the dirty deets, but uh, he says, so I just wanted, or wait, so I just wanted to throw my opinions on the possession movies you watched. I watched along with you guys and had a really fun time doing so. I enjoyed the conversation and thought you all made some good points. Uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I don't know if I would call this the modern classic, like Mitch says. I thought the, I thought this movie was honestly really slow. I enjoyed it, and the courtroom drama really added a nice dynamic to the movie that separated it from the others. It was an enjoyable watch, and while Deb sucks in Dexter, I thought she did a fairly well job in this movie. I thought the girl's reasoning, reasoning for eventually dying was actually pretty interesting and led to a good film finale. The Last Exorcism. I love this movie. I always saw the title and thought it was just another exorcism film. However, it was a really fun take on the concept. 
I really like the acting in it and the twists and turns. While the ending is absolutely bonkers, it did have me guessing the whole time, like, oh, this, oh, is this dad crazy? What's he doing? Is she possessed? Uh, Etc. <laughs> I really enjoyed the oh shit moment when you get the when you when they realized the kid was gay. It was a cool moment. Uh, I do hope you guys talk about anything for Jackson at some point. I did last week. Uh, I was really surprised by that movie last year, and I enjoyed it a lot. The idea of a reverse exorcism is fun, and the scares were really fun. I might not be the scare; it might not be the scariest movie, but it's definitely a good time. Last but not least, I'm sorry for the huge email. You cannot talk about exorcism movies without talking about Taking of Deborah Logan. I think everyone needs to watch this movie. A really cool feature that de- depicts Alzheimer's, dementia, in a fucking wild ass way. My grandfather suffered from Alzheimer's, and when watching this movie, it absolutely shook me to my core. I know Mitch mentioned to me, you guys have done this show on the pod before, but I definitely think if any of you haven't seen it, you absolutely need to. Sorry again for the giant rank, guys. Keep up the good work, and thanks for the hours of entertainment. Elio. Thank you, Elio. Yeah, thank you, Elio. Yeah, we, I, I think, Alexis, didn't you also recommend being like, can we do the taking of Deborah Logan? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, that was just someone else I was talking You're to. You're supposed to say yes. Because we, did, we right? did do that. Uh, yeah, we did that one a while ago, but I could have sworn that that was and, one of you. And he's totally right. That is an incredible film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these cool. are all movies that I'm actually not familiar with. And uh, I feel like, yeah, especially after listening to that episode, I feel like I need to go a little down a little rabbit hole of the exorcism movies. There's some good shit there. Awesome. Well, let's get on with it. Uh, Alexis, what have you been up to in the horror world? Have you seen any cool horror movies recently? You, keep in mind, it's been a long time since you've been on. So talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> so uh, I promise not to do to you what I did last time where I was not prepared and I literally just looked at my letterbox and was like, here's all the movies I've seen in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Alexis told us every single movie that she watched. That was horror. Like, like granted, you kept it to horror. But. Yeah, yeah, I did. But this time uh, I came prepared and I just wrote down a couple that stood out to me. <laughs> awesome. Um, so the last movie that I watched was um, actually this last weekend. Our drive-in theater uh, opened early since it's pretty much Ooh. ready. Um, so Gavin and I went and checked out Freaky. Um, so that was super fun. I kind of knew I was in for uh, just like a fun drive-in experience. What is Freaky about? Because uh, I know we've kind of talked about it, but I, like, how how did you experience it? Okay, so I grew up watching, uh, like, Rob Schneider movies, like Hot Chicks. <laughs> I think we all kind of grew up with that. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So it's essentially Hot Chicks, but with, like, a serial killer twist. <laughs> and so Or, like, a Freaky Friday ver- version of where, like, a, a, a adult male switches bodies with a teenage girl. However, in this case, the adult male is a serial killer. Right. So the girl becomes the serial the teenage girl becomes a serial killer and the um vince vaughn actually becomes the teenage girl yeah which, yeah so you kind of know you're in for a ridiculous how is vince <laughs> vaughn's acting awesome. chops as a as a teenager they were great actually yeah. very convincing i did, I don't, did I he put the rock to shame <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> it's the it's the highlight of the movie we talked about this last week as well when johnny and jeff were on and uh johnny had seen it recently as well and I, it's funny because you were we were talking about the software alexis but uh i also compared it to the hot check with rob schneider 
And uh, but yeah, Vince Vaughn is just so good in that movie, though. Like it's it's one that I've been trying to get Boozy to watch for months now. I have a ton on my list right here. Yeah. So you just it's not uh, like I feel like the details are already fading from my mind, but it was like it was a fun time. Like I had a a time watching it. Yeah. So that was the last one. Um, One that I watched recently that I was really, really glad that you guys recommended because I don't know if I would have come across it or watched it um, on my own was His House. Because um, I, I think, as you know, Mitch, I'm very into, like, the supernatural, um, especially, like, haunted house stories. And so I really, really enjoyed that one because it had a really interesting uh, take on it. Yeah. I so I really liked that one. And it's genuinely uh, creepy. Like, yeah. The movie is actually Gen- scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. for sure creeped out by that one. And that doesn't happen often. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I guess the same same with The Haunting of Hill House. I guess that would be, like, another within the same realm of uh, one of the things that, like, genuinely, like, terrified me in the last um, in the last year. So that was an amazing piece you'll, of work. You'll be happy to know I've watched 20 minutes of it, and I'll eventually get back to it. The Haunting of Hill House? <laughs> yeah. When did you start it? Uh, it was, like, a 1 a.m., like, oh, I'm going to watch an episode before I go to sleep, and, and then I just kind of went to sleep. Yeah, you it's, need. It's to... not Hill House's fault, though. Like, I want to yeah. want to clarify that. Yeah, that was like probably one of my favorite things to come on the horror genre in the last couple of years. Like that yeah. first season was so good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Like, if it, yeah, if it was like a movie, then I would be like, yeah, that's my favorite horror movie that's come out in the last like five yeah. years. Have you seen Doctor Sleep yet? I have not yet. I am excited to see that though. Yeah, I think especially if you like Hill House that much, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's yeah. awesome. Um, I also really enjoyed Ready or Not because I really enjoy, I think I've told you this before too, I really enjoy movies like Hush and Your Next that have come out Mm -hmm. recently. Um, Just like that, uh, you know, female main character kicking ass. Yeah, (laughs) It's always a a fun time, blood and guts. Oh man, it's so crazy you're mentioning that movie because did we not see that in theaters like a long time ago? Like it feels like... I watched that in theaters when the pandemic wasn't happening and it felt nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely wasn't happening at the time, but yeah, I think you saw, we, we all saw it in the theater. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. That was when I just checked out like more recently, finally. Um, yeah, Cause I missed nice. it. I missed it in the theaters. Hell yeah. um, uh, just wait. If you, you got a couple more. Yeah, sure. If you guys want to go around. Yeah. We'll, we'll switch it up. I'll give, Pass it off to Boozy a little bit, and then I'll toss one in, and then we'll just kind of work our way back around. Give you a little bit of break so you don't have to just talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> Boozy, what have you checked out recently? Save the one that you know you and I have both watched till last. Whew. Okay, let's start off with something. I wanted to add this since we did our Possession series. I did a little bit of homework, and I actually checked out another Possession movie. And I, I wasn't expecting a lot from it, but I'll kind of just go into a little bit. So I watched, uh, I, I don't know what year this came out, but uh, The Possession of Hannah Grace. Oh, yeah, that was 2019. Yeah, um, and it has a very similar concept to, like, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And while basically the I, same I thing. Like, I feel like maybe uh, prior me, prior Boozy, would have just shit on it for that idea. But I think there is part of it that, that I kind of learned a little bit more that sometimes like these scripts are just kicking around 
and they get greenlit because something else similar came out like that. So who knows? This could have been like a script that was around forever. And you know what? That's besides the point. I just want to talk about the actual film itself. Uh, besides that comparison, um, it had some interesting things to do, I guess, in terms of using mirrors, which once again was a very autopsy of Jane Doe thing. So once again, it's a little frustrating, but uh, it, it had some fun parts there. It tried to tell an interesting story with uh, a woman kind of dealing with her own troubles during a night shift while other things are happening. Um, I think the actual body of Hannah Grace looked really cool. It, it did some interesting things. And uh, it just, it kind of spun out of control where it went from a possession movie to like the demon had like superpowers and you could like fight it and stuff, which is, which is never a good route to go for those movies, I find. Once you turn it into kind of like it, it's physically just fighting with you, it kind of gets weird that way. Maybe that's just my own thing. But yeah, I, I wasn't too excited about it. And I, I, none of it was scary. You'll be okay, Boozy, because I was much worse. I'm much meaner on that movie than you were just now when right. we were when I talked about it on the show. That I thing, feel like uh, I, I feel rough. a little more harmonious with with uh, shitting on movies. I want to like I want to do it with a smile on my face. Well, that's a good. That's good. <laughs> there, every every movie has at least a couple things that like if you finish it, there was something in it that you liked. And exactly. Like, um, I'm not sure, Alexis, if you're familiar with her, but I knew when I watched it. Did you ever watch Pretty Little Liars? Mm, not really. <laughs> no, okay, because I just know like pretty much everyone I know except for me and probably Boozy has seen that show. Yeah, I've never uh, seen it. But the main actor actor in it, uh, Shay Mitchell, she's oh, the main. Yes. Yeah, she's the main in possession of Hannah Grace, which she she was actually pretty good. Like I don't know for what it what it you, you was. know like yeah, and that's the thing is exactly she kind of had to do exactly what she did, and it's not her fault that none of it was scary. She you know she tried to react to what was given, but. It's just one of those things, even other, even like excluding Autopsy of Jane Doe, which it's pretty much exactly identical to in story. Uh, we've seen so many of those exact movies, like Possession of Hannah Grace. It just kind of felt to me like, you know, the the shit that they just roll out and ship out of Blumhouse. I, I, always, <laughs> I always do feel like it, like they're having a staff meeting and they're just, it's the possession of, and then there's a bunch of blanks. So they'll like toss darts. They'll be like, all right, it's uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, like Hannah Grace. All right, perfect. Okay, let's, so let's put out a shitty story about it. I <laughs> so, loved the autopsy of Jane Doe. I thought that was a great movie. So good. So you don't have to watch this other movie at all. It's just it. it it's kind of like the Wish version of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good example. Wish.com people. Yeah, shout out Wish. Still waiting <laughs> on some orders. Cool. Uh, do you got a? Do you have a whole bunch today, Booty? Yeah, I got a lot. Knock one more off. All right, the, the next one I'll, I'll knock off because it's actually in the similar vein. I'm glad you asked me. Uh, I watched, and I know this movie's been out for a while, and I just, I don't know why I decided I was going to watch it, but I watched The Curse of La, 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 La Rona. La, Cur, Cur, you just watched the movie and you can't pronounce La, La Llorona? La Llorona? It, yes, you know what? You I just want to say that, that this movie, uh, on a different note, because I know that it had a wildly bigger budget than uh, the, uh, the possession of uh had a grace this movie is very shameful it is it, it, it felt like it was put together of shiny objects in a in a room and and then they shipped it out it, it felt so cheap the story i will say though it was it had some very nice cinematography so i'll give it points for that 
Um, and once again, it does follow the the kind of those broken rules of uh, not follows, but it, it has a similar passive path of uh, broken rules of possession movies. This this movie has no rhyme or reason for anything that La Llorona does. There's there's no definitives of ter- in terms of how you can like. Mitch, you've seen this movie, right? Yeah, and uh, I, mean, I know it's been a long time. I know it's been no, a long time. no. It's but it's cool because like yeah, I I just it's hard. It's easy to not get them mixed up because Shutter released a version called just La Llorona. And it's a completely different movie. And that movie is like a close to a masterpiece. Like it is so fucking good. And they right. do something really interesting with the La Llorona folktale. Uh, whereas the curse of La Llorona, it's just basically kids getting chased around for no, like in it by the, by the time that you do find out the reasoning, it just doesn't matter. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's just lame. Yeah. La Llorona has, has very, like, I, I actually think that her kind of, her story is an interesting idea, but they just, they went to shit with it right after because it, it turned into this interesting kind of curse to all of a sudden it was this demon ghoul doing whatever. And it, it is very much in that, uh, that conjuring knockoff vein with, it's in the conjuring universe. And it's just, it's unfortunate that we're seeing so many of these movies come out that, that do really feel like factory made. Like they're, you know, like you could slip, slap on a different sticker for whatever and isn't you know, isn't tuco tuco from breaking yeah. bad isn't he the priest yeah and and that's another thing is he he comes in there and it really just feels like a paycheck from the moment he steps on there and him fighting la Yorona at certain points he oh he my makes god up, he makes up things and then immediately they don't matter which is so frustrating if you want to break your rule give it at least 10 minutes to breathe. They literally like break every rule that they had within like two minutes of explaining it. And I, I know it. And it was when he's standing by the door, right? That's the only thing from the movie I can pretty much remember is that he yeah. starts like, it's just nonsense. Like, yeah, well, it feels like one of those things where the story was being written as they were going. They're like, well, wait, and, and they're, how they're, the fuck the are we going to get out of this? The whole idea is to put the, the kids at risk because that's the tale of La Llorona. She's going to steal your children, which is a cool idea. But she doesn't really do it. She kind of just like lightly fucks with everybody, and it and it's just it's really boring. And you know they they really tried to go hard with this whole idea of like oh I don't, and I remember from the trailer of the the stupid hands in the hair you know kind of like giving them a shower and that's, that's kind of like uh that's from is it the Grudge had yes. that they did both they did it in the same year too I'm pretty sure exactly and and you know that's just that's just kind of the problem is they they put that in the trailer like oh this is going to be a real scary moment and you know if that's kind of what you wanted to show is your big scare like this movie has so much worse to offer and and yeah. you know it's and I think that's the most frustrating part is you know you've looked at so many of the people even that we've had on here who have been given so much less money and made much better, you know, th- this feels yeah. so heartless at the end of the day. And I think that's kind of my problem with it. I know, yeah. I know I'm a couple years late on shitting on it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> but it is like pretty much that's like a prime example of just like what, what feels like assembly line teen who, horror movies. That... I can't see. And we've talked about this before. I can't see anybody being like, this is my favorite horror movie. Cause sometimes you can find those B movie niches where people love them. I can't see anybody like getting like a La Llorona tattoo and being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it'd it's be just, pretty funny if someone got a La Llorona, curse of the La Llorona tattoo. <laughs> it would be hilarious. And it sounds like something Jason would do. Yeah. Kyle, step up to the plate. 
but what I, how I want to end off that review though is like seriously, man. Uh, if if you're interested, I know it'll be tough for you after watching that. But the thing is, like, no, is made by a completely different group of people. Uh, no, and that and that sounds awesome because, like oh, I said, Guatemala. the, the root story is is a great idea. That's a, that's a modern folklore tale, just kind of updating itself. Yeah, the Guatemalan uh, La Llorona from 2019 is stellar. Like, it's very, very good. But the thing is, it's it's more of a drama than even a horror movie. But that's why, especially if you're a fan of, like, The Haunting of Hill House, it's that yeah. type of stuff for me is where it's like, the horror is there, but that's not the focus. Right. And it's hard to even call. I, I know that that sounds like a mean thing to say, but it's hard to even call La Llorona a horror movie. Yeah, it's just one of those things that we're way too old for. And I think maybe everyone is <laughs> i feel like we need to give it a break like you know bloomhouse can do some other shit just to be clear can you guys still see my full face mm, you're very dark but yeah super dark yeah okay i'll try fix that but like uh because i recorded a three-hour fantasy oscars three the other day and i didn't realize that apparently they could only see a quarter of my face the whole time so i'm like i'm still getting used to my new oh webcam. so so instead of like making fun of you like i did they just remain silent the entire time yeah <laughs> I, wow. I just haven't gone live with this thing yet, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You know, well, honestly, I, that's more their fault than yours at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, wait, was this, you said this was in the Conjuring universe, this movie? Supposed Somewhere. To be. Supposed it's, to be. I think <laughs> it's, it was a failure, so I don't think they're going to be tying it in yeah. very much. Yeah. I, I assume that they're kind of going for eventually they're going to do a Super Smash Bros. kind of like crossover, and it'll just be all their shitty characters fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like Avengers, you mean? <laughs> there you no, there's a, they'll literally make a video game out of it. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to knock a quick one off because I only have two today and one of them I know Boozy and I both saw, so we'll end off with that one. Uh, but one, I keep in mind, I also, this is a movie that just came out. I saw it a long time ago for the Film Fest reasons, but uh, it's called Come True. So this movie is being released this year, 2021. I believe it just came out last week. Uh, but it's written and directed by Anthony Scott Burns, who also did Our House, uh, mm. which Boozy, you, you really enjoyed. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like that one as well. And he also did a segment in the anthology horror film Holidays. Uh, but this guy was also the, he's the cinematographer and the editor. And he even composed the damn thing. Uh, this come true. His alter this ego. This guy is go- a Swiss army knife. Right he here. is. And uh, his his alter ego for music, he goes by Pilot Priest, and they compose. Oh, the... is this the guy I was talking about before? Who has yeah, he has like a weird side project that he doesn't like talk about it. Maybe. Oh yeah, maybe if it's our house. But yeah, because I know uh, he scored the movie as Pilot Priest, but he also had some help from the Canadian synth pop group Electric Youth, uh, who are the people who released the song "A Real Hero" from Drive. Like, you know, the movie Drive, the main yeah. song. Uh, but anyways, they did, yeah, so they did that song. Uh, so you definitely have, like, it's one of those movies that has that synthy score and kind of kind of vibe to it. But it's set around a teenage runaway who takes part in a sleep study that leads her down a, pa- a dark path into her own psyche. Uh, Julia Sarah Stone plays the lead, and she really sells this movie. Like, she was, in my opinion, the best part of the movie, but... Uh, the overall tone felt like a teenage horror story treated with a straight face and done very well above average. Uh, the cinematography and atmosphere in this thing is pretty awesome. But I know a lot of people who saw this movie who just like absolutely loved it. And I can see why uh, it seems to be like a logical tonal evolution for the people who grew up being fans of young adult horror. Like, you know, even if you're a fan of 
insidious and, it, and like you know it's definitely not as obnoxious like it's not obnoxious in the in the jump scare department which i'm not meaning that as a bad thing when you make a movie like insidious jump scares the more the better uh but yeah come true just to me it feels like the blumhouse model but of like team-based horror films but without talking down to the the portion of the audience that may be more well-versed in this kind of stuff and have seen similar ideas play out before this is one of those movies that I have no idea how it would be received on like a mass scale, but because uh, I feel like it's like it's slightly too experimental and for lack of a better word, artsy for like younger mainstream audiences. But I would also love to see more mainstream movies adopt this treatment of stories that could be seem very hokey, uh, but have a clear vision and, a, and approach it with a really straight face. So like this thing, it kind of, in my opinion, it lands somewhere between it follows and Jacob's ladder. Uh, I don't want to scare. Okay. I don't. Yeah. And that's things I don't want to scare people away with a Jacob's ladder comparison because uh, that's a pretty heavy movie, but it really does play with the, some cerebral stuff that revolves around the younger protagonist and her dreams and what she's seeing in her dreams and uh, more so her nightmares. But I think, yeah, this movie is just full of some really cool ideas. There's elaborate VFX sequences of our main characters, like nightmares and internal conflicts. But it's like it if I had any complaint, I would say it has a little bit of a sloppy ending. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be too hard on it for that, because I do know the people who I know who have seen it have really, really connected with it. And it's kind of just like it's a cool little low budget indie movie that hopefully is going to gain a little bit of a larger audience and i definitely think this is anthony scott burns's best movie he's done yet like i i liked our house but i think this mm-hmm. is definitely an improvement so i definitely recommend checking it out well that's as, a good praise out of that yeah yeah so if if you're into that kind of stuff like if you're into that you know kind of more teenage based horror but treated like it's treated they, they talk to you like you're an adult that's what i like about like where you're watching stuff like truth or dare it's like there's no, there's nothing for people there who aren't going in to just see a stupid horror movie, you know? Like, I don't know. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was come true. Alexis, what else do you got? Oh, the devil all the time. Yes. But this as well, because I think, didn't you say you read the book, Mitch? I did. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious. I almost want to read the book now, because that... Uh, movie kind of blew me away honestly like <laughs> I got I was surprised that I didn't hear it talked about more um, maybe I guess just a little too dark and, and gloomy I don't, <laughs> I don't know like it's a very fucked up depressing uh, movie um, but I think they did an amazing job with it I think all uh, I think the cast did an absolutely incredible job like obviously it has some huge actors in it and they're all amazing I know you're a huge fan of Robert Pattinson. Is that you? Oh, yeah. Pattinson? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I already, for some reason, was, like, creeped out by him just oh, as a yeah. person. Even maybe <laughs> it's because of his creepy vampire portrayal in Twilight. Um, <laughs> he's just this weird stalker. But uh, he just gives me the heebie-jeebies. And so that movie did not help with that. No, like, not at I, all. Like, I will stay clear of him if I was ever within the same vicinity i would stay the fuck away from him he freaks me yeah, out you, he, he'd make you cross the street yeah for well, sure that, <laughs> that's the thing and i think why so many people why it might not have been like super widely loved or widely talked about because like you said it is incredibly depressing mm-hmm. and it's a movie filled with like nothing but bad characters like bad people just all being surrounded by each other and robert pattinson and a cast full of people who are all doing despicable things 
he's the king out of all of them. Like he's the worst in that movie. Like he, he's a, his performance is amazing, but he is, uh, yeah, it's hard to look at him the same afterwards. Cause he even, he has kind of a similar look to him in tenant. And I'd watch tenant after I saw that. And I was just like, you can't get a certain, there's a couple scenes in the double all the time that you just can't get out of your head. And they actually cut back. Obviously, you know, that always happens with books. Like you're not going to be able to fit a 300 page book into a two hour movie. Uh, but they definitely cut out some really gross and horrible things that happen in that story. And the movie's still so depraved and so like hard to watch and just criminally depressing. Like, Oh, I believe it. Oh man. Even like Dudley. Isn't that oh, the guy yeah. that played yeah. uh, Dudley in Harry Potter? <laughs> yep. Yeah. He looks completely different. Cause he's dropped like, oh, looks yeah. like over a hundred pounds. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Good. Creepy. He did a, a great job too, and Tom yeah. Holland was absolutely incredible. Obviously, Stole the like show. I, I literally had only ever seen him in Spider-Man in the whatever all the Marvel movies, um, and so I I was completely blown away by his performance. Even and I will definitely check out anything he does now. Um, yeah, totally. Just yeah. Oh, made a fan for life right there. Yeah, I think so. He did. <laughs> well, it just blew me away that you know I I only saw him as you know that goofy mm-hmm. kid from Spider-Man, and then. Uh, it, it was a very it was a very serious dark role for him and it's it's uh it's always fun to watch actors splash into other areas and see them add depth i mean not to not to like sauce on him because we recently had him but like seeing monroe chambers going from you know this guy i've seen on degrassi because i hadn't seen turbo kid at that point and then yeah. seeing him in harpoon and going like holy shit this guy has so much more depth than anyone like expected really yeah and tom Tom Holland really displays that in spades and devil all the time. He steals the show. And that's like one of those like career defining roles. Oh, like yeah. it, it's totally showing that he isn't just Spider-Man. He isn't just like a little weak kid. He can play pretty much anything you throw at him. And cause yeah, he did such a good job in that role. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to hit another one or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, blood quantum. Really, hey. really glad you guys talked about this one. Uh, and that I got the chance to finally check it out because very, very cool concept. Um, and I think they did a great job of it too. Um, so you guys have talked about it so many times, but just uh, the whole zombie move- movie fatigue or just zombie fatigue in general because it was video games, like comics, yeah. everything, right? Um, and uh, they found a way to take an interesting um, an interesting take or interesting perspective on, on it and just kind of turned it on its head. And I, I think that's... I, I, I got to watch it again. Like, Yeah, it's so good. That was, yeah, yeah. one of my favorites of the last year. Yeah. And uh, I think, okay, so keep in mind, I have conversations with a lot of people. And I like I, I've already been busted once with being like, wasn't that you who said you wanted to do this? But were was it I'll just us? say yes to everything now. Yeah, but it, I'm pretty, I, I'm like 99% sure that I'm positive that it is you and I who are talking about zombie movies. Uh, cause like you were saying that, like you had that fatigue as well, but then there were movies like train to Busan and then the girl with all the gifts. Oh yeah. Oh that, yeah. So that, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah You're not I just think... saying that. You're not just saying that that was no, us. I'm, not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yes, but I'm nodding. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we for sure probably have had that conversation. Cause, uh, I, I dove deep into zombie culture. Like I was reading the walking dead comics from almost the beginning. Uh, so I was in on the TV show from the beginning. I was in on, like, I grew up watching 28 days later and, and Dawn of the dead and, um, played all the zombie video games too. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I definitely reached that point. Uh, and then, yeah, and then just, yeah, those few movies just, uh, yeah, they're amazing. Like, that, yeah. you still do amazing things with it. Just, just shows like no idea no idea is ever dead or overdone it's like the who can spin it into a fresh and interesting way and but jeff yeah. barnaby and blood quantum he did just that yeah right i was gonna ask alexis are you like still are like have you seen all the walking dead up to wherever they're at no i fell off somewhere in the last oh maybe not the last season maybe there's one more i can't even keep track anymore but um I, you were watching it longer than most yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah, you, you I think I got on. I got like pretty close to the mm-hmm. to, to the end, um, but I just I just couldn't I couldn't do it for those for those who don't know this. I could. We have talked about this on the show before, but Alexis has served as our intel on stuff like Riverdale, and I think <laughs> The Walking Dead was there for a little bit, but it was like shows that we couldn't watch that you were still yeah. watching that you're like, okay, hey, I'll just tell you everything that happened. So we get messages being like, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. Archie fucks this person. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Yeah. I can't even, I, I, I almost made it through all of Riverdale as well. <laughs> um, you're a champ. Kind of falling off as did, well. But did you watch? Hilarious. It only gets more and more ridiculous um, as it goes, and it it, get, it just it gets to the point where it's like it's just it's comedic. It's like I can't believe, like they're I can't believe they're taking it seriously. I don't think they are taking it seriously. I think they're just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, which is like with that show, I think has kind of carved itself out as being a serious show to so to kind of go like a, a way where they add less depth because. Who's left for like I, you know, we don't even have to talk about. But did you watch the spinoff shows too? Like, are how how committed were you to the Walking Verse? Uh, not very, not very committed. Oh, I'm very okay. committed to comics, um, and so that's kind of like where I come in with these shows is because I'm so right. since I'm so committed to the comics, I'm like interested to see where they take it. Um, but yeah, the I didn't really uh, watch Fear of the Walking Dead or or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't keep up with that. Cool. I did finish. Right. The, they did finish the comic series, though. I can tell you that, like the Walking Dead uh, comic series, is now officially done. And yeah, um, I, I think they did it did it with a lot more grace than a TV show. Well, Kirkman's such a talented writer. Like it's, okay. and I know that he had a lot to do with the with the show as well. But the thing is, like, I don't know. I, I've never been one to shame him for making it different than the comics because you know he's already done that and all these people already have the walking dead fever they they know what's going to happen so he wants to switch it up a little bit but i dropped off i think well i have the books right here i like <laughs> up to trade 19 so well, i think very far. i think it ended at like 32 or something well, that well that's expensive. only like 10 10 more trades like 10 12 more trades but i do plan on finishing at some point i was collecting it week to week for a while but uh, I just had to stop. And it was never for lack of quality, though. That that comic series stayed consistent the whole way through, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. I read. Yeah, I would say pretty much right till the end, just about. Yeah. Um, it stayed pretty consistent. It was it was a good series. Uh, what else do you got? Oh, well, what do, you, what do you want? TV, video games, anime, comics? Hit us with a video game. Yeah, you know, we, we, we missed that with Diego being gone. Not that yeah. Mitch doesn't play video games. It just felt like Diego always had something. So let's hear he, it. Yeah, that's why I thought I, I kind of wrote down a couple just in case. Because uh, I kind of missed hearing about some anime or video games from him occasionally. Yeah, you're um, welcome. So, The Last of Us 2, actually. And I think Mitch and I maybe have talked about this a little already. Yeah. Uh, but that was definitely uh, one of the last like horror video games that I played. 
um, and definitely emphasis on the horror, I would say. Like, this was probably the most scared that I have been, like, since I was a child. Yeah. Wow. There's playing, some, that, playing that game is terrifying. Yeah, there's some horrifying moments in that one. And there's, there are in the first one as well. But I don't know. I felt I felt like the second one just amped it up in almost every single department. Oh, in every way. Like, with yeah. just with the visuals, with the story, with the zombies just got even scarier and harder to beat. Like, they... Yeah, it was insane. And oh, the, the story I, is I gotta play this game. It's like, you gotta play it. Because, man, even... I would suggest even if people that aren't interesting or interested in playing it, or if you don't play video games or it's a little too scary for you to play, like I would highly suggest that you even just go and watch like an entire stream of the cuts, like just the cuts. Oh, like a playthrough or? Yeah, like a playthrough, but like if you don't want to watch the gameplay, right. like just watch like all the story, like just the story yeah. of it is absolutely incredible. And if it was, if it was like a horror movie, right. I think like we would nonstop be talking about it as one of like the greatest <laughs> horror stories. Um, yeah. especially within the zombie universe, right? Yep, that's another one that just defied the expectations of what zombies are capable of. But like that, yeah, that game is just like it's a true piece of art. And I yeah. there was I'm happy that we've kind of been separated from the release of the game finally, because you know, when initially things come out, everyone's so like super hot or super cold on something. And I was getting so fucking irritated listening to all the negative talk about that game because none of it held any weight it's like every complaint i've heard about that game has just come down to people just being shitty like it's like it's actually just people who are like anti-pc police people and it's just the the game just it it changed art in general like it's it's such a huge step forward uh especially in video games like one of the most toxic communities out there uh so having people be faced with the decisions you have to make in that game and the cutscenes and the the emotions that you have to deal with like i did a whole episode on it it's it's a masterpiece <laughs> loved it so happy you liked it too i agree it is a masterpiece cool what you got some anime for us uh yeah so oh well thanks to diego i actually watched all the cast finally caught up on all the castlevania anime um, and I actually didn't play the video game much growing up. Like, I kind of so knew what Did it. you have that lore as built? You didn't really have that built in the way, like, Diego had it? Yeah, exactly. I had no idea who anyone was. Like, I didn't really right. know that much about Alucard other than he was a vampire. Like, I feel like I didn't even know that he was Dracula's son. Um, so that was a really... It, that was an incredibly like well done anime like that was an amazing story and i got just got so hooked so fast crushed it and then like begging for more like i can't wait until they, yeah I, isn't they, it is it just two done. seasons uh three I three think. seasons okay um and everything i've heard so far like uh, i mean like from diego and i have other friends too that are like massive castlevania fans and and that they have grown up with it and they know everything about it and they said that um they've done the the anime has done an incredible job that they've done a really good job bringing it to life um so that's really cool because that doesn't always happen right yeah Mm -hmm. exactly um, I've also checked out recently The Promised Neverland. It's on um, Netflix if you guys are um, interested in watching what, it. Okay, what's that? I've never heard of this. So what is this about? <laughs> so it, I, I really enjoyed it because I knew nothing of it going in. Like occasionally um, if someone gives me a recommendation, I will just dive 
um, head first, not even researching it or knowing anything about it. And this was one of those situations where I got so thrown off because it starts out so, so wholesome where it's, um, uh, I don't know what to call it, essentially almost seems like an orphan orphanage of some sort where there's like, you know, like 50 children being taken care of by like one, uh, one woman. Um, and they're and they're really really loved, and they have they have a great they get play tag you know they have this beautiful like huge acres of land that they always play tag on and like hide in the trees, um, so it just starts out like so cute and so wholesome, um, and then all of a sudden it takes a very very dark turn when uh, one of the kids is uh, once in a while one of the kids kind of gets uh, shipped off because, you know, someone's adopted them with quotation marks. Um, so everyone's sad, like, oh, it's so sad, but you get to be like happy with the family now. And then, um, some of the kids, uh, actually find out that that child that was supposedly adopted to a family is actually being, um, eaten by these demons. And so this orphanage is actually really just a farm. Um, so it, it's essentially like, a what do you call it? A slaughterhouse. It? Yeah, yeah <laughs> a slaughterhouse. <laughs> exactly. So they're, they're raising these children. They're trying to like, um, they're trying to like push their brains because apparently, uh, you know, like the smarter they are and the more, the more they work their brains, the better it takes, the better quality of like meat it is. And, right. And, uh, They're free range kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Corn fed kids. hundred percent. Yo, cause I, I actually read the entire, uh, manga after and, um, they, they go into that where there's, there's kind of ones that are more like labs and they're just being pumped out as, as meat. But then there's kind of like these free range houses where Jeez. it's like the highest quality for like the demon royalty. Um, right. so it's essentially just like these kids figuring that out, uh, the reality of the world that they're living in and trying to escape and trying to take down this whole demon world that's um <clears throat> just farming humans to eat it's it seems like a mix between little nemo <laughs> do you remember that that show that movie little like nemo. not finding not no. finding nemo oh my god it was an I, this is another one oh, of those, was it one of those like offshoot movies? no it, it was a legit legit like animated movie in the i believe it was in the 80s or 90s i'll look it up oh. right now but it looks like a cross between little nemo and sallow <laughs> Uh, 120 days of Sodom, but no, little Nemo, uh, this is probably another one of those times where, oh shit, sorry, I missed Gavin. Um, Hi, Gavin. Okay. there was, uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh yeah. Well, I got a message from, um, Cody Charleston, homie from Australia. Cause he was saying that he had like PTSD after he heard me mention Gary Paulson's hatchet, <laughs> like the, the book that everyone read apparently cause everyone around the world read that in school. Uh, which I didn't like, I, so I read it outside of school. That's probably why I liked it so I feel much. Like I read it like twice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, he he sent me a Snapchat. He was at his mom's house in Australia, in Melbourne, and he sent me a Snapchat of him downstairs, being like, "All right, Mitch, I don't have one copy of Hatchet. I have four. <laughs> it was like he had multiple copies of Hatchet, and it's like probably from his brother having it in school too. Sorry, that was a tangent. But I, little ne little Nemo is probably going to trigger some things for anyone listening who does remember it, because I had not only this this movie, but the uh, the original Nintendo video game for Little Nemo, and it scared the living bejesus out of me. I'm going to put the picture up. I don't know if you guys can I, see. Can you pull oh, it back a little yeah, bit? It definitely looks familiar. I've just never seen it. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, it's it's wild. But okay, so Alexis, prom. Uh, what's this one called? That it's you were just called promised. The promised Neverland. And you like it? It sounds like. 
Oh yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. What a sweet <laughs> name when you actually like when you explained the the story. It's like, oh, it's kind of like a a very insightful title. Also, I just want to say that it would be maybe uh, not to its benefit, but if they did kind of like a one off episode where Stuart Little was the one that got adopted. <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine him in his little car? He'd be like, "Bye." Everybody's yeah, getting adopted, and then you just shove a stick up his ass. What does he have that I don't? Well, they don't <laughs> eat ice. They probably just step on him. These demons are <laughs> giant. Like they're like that's a snack, not even yeah. a snack. <laughs> I'm looking up. I'm looking at pictures of it, and I think this is one that I actually want to check out. It's been yeah, a while it, since it, I've gotten it, into it is, an anime. It is a horror anime. Like that's yeah. what, that's what I'm into for sure. So yeah. it's good. It, you'll it, you'll it, turn it, Mitch it, into a weeb. I already oh, am a weeb. I will. I will feed you them all. <laughs> I, I am a I am a weeb already, but I've been out of the weeb game for a, for a couple of, for like ten or twelve years now. But I was at one point full blown weeb. Full weeb game. Yeah. So this this could be a slippery slope. <laughs> I'll cool. <send> you <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's uh. Let's come because you do you have more Alexis? Uh. Yeah. I still have some more I can talk about after. Cool. Let's uh, t- pass off to Boozy quick, and then uh, I guess we we could even talk about the one that we saw together. Well, we didn't see it together, but we both saw it. Right. You know, I, I think that might be. I might save a couple with for with Kyle here because I still have quite a few. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Saint Maud. Uh, cool. So I know Boozy checked this one out as well. Um, but yeah, this one's written and directed by Rose Glass. It's an hour and 24 minutes, baby. Oh, it's oh it is per. It oh. gets in, it gets out, and it's done. Yes. And it follows a pious caregiver who believes that God has given her the responsibility to guide sinners to salvation before their time on earth comes to an end. Uh, that was a synopsis written by me. By the way, I, yes, I am reading synopsises, <laughs> but I've been writing them on my own lately. I haven't just been reading the IMDb one. You know what? It sounded <laughs> like an IMDb, if that I, helps. Yeah. Well, no, that's not That's not good. I was trying to get away from that. But I was like, <laughs> Oh, if, I thought you were trying to mimic it in your own you'll cool just, way. You'll always, you'll always be able to tell when I'm reading it. But uh, Boozy, what do you think of this one, this movie, man? Because this is one, first of all, sorry, I know I, I always do this, but this is an A24 movie. This mm-hmm. is a movie that seemed like it's been very polarizing on both ends. Uh, this is one that I've heard people say that it's a good movie, not really a horror movie. Um, now that I've seen it, I say, what the fuck is a horror movie to you if this isn't a <laughs> horror movie? Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand how this could be not a horror movie. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've heard mostly good things. But what did you think? You know, I, I think probably a lot of the reason I, I'm just going to throw this out there as my guess is. A lot of the reason people were maybe thrown off of the story is you spend the majority of it with Maud herself, who is your, you know, from the get-go, you know, is the antagonist of the movie. So it's it's very interesting to to watch that happen. And I think that might be a disconnect for some people is, you know, you you do learn a lot about Maud and, you know, not all of it is good. But, you know, not all of it is bad either. And I, I think it really does an interesting story of, showing the dynamic of what people are really like. I think that's the most interesting part of this movie, especially for the person that she's taking care of. Um, yeah, Amanda. It's, yeah, it, it is very interesting to see m- more of a, a true portrayal of of people going through, you know, stages of their life and how they're dealing with it. it it's very interesting that way and, and hits kind of a, a hard way and then just goes very, it, it becomes very twisted with the, the horror elements 
involving, you know, mods. And, and I can say this probably is akin to something along the lines of like, uh, Oh, the black coat's daughter. I think this, I didn't want to directly say that one. I think this is probably uh, a smaller, yeah, kind of a, a smaller version of that. Or I would say this is a little bit kind of like the lodge in certain yeah. ways. Just just who you're spending time with changes a little bit. Just but, much uh, better. Yeah, much, I, much. I really like the lodge. <laughs> I know. I, I fucking love sorry, St. Maude. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal, steal all your airtime, Mitch. Hey, tell me how you felt about St. Maude. No, dude. I, I yeah, I I loved it, and I wasn't expecting to, but I I really really enjoyed this one. It's just like it's a series of increasingly alarming events, steadily steadily growing in severity as Maud is like pushed to put. She's like pushed towards full blown horror. Uh, so the movie is like it's really reserved for the first little bit, and I could understand, you know, like you know, not every horror movies, even like some of the most classic horror movies you can think of, the first half hour, 45 minutes doesn't have a lot to do with horror. That's what makes it scarier when things elevate and they get crazy at the end. And that's exactly what happens in this one. Uh, I thought that the, both leads were really, really good. Like I, yeah, I wrote they were very believable. I, I think Amanda, like uh, it honestly stole the show for me. She, yeah, she's Amanda, such a dynamic range as a, as a woman dying. Like, yeah, and she's she's played by Jennifer L. And then Maude is played by Morphid Clark. Uh, but yeah, I just thought like the whole movie, like the dynamic between the two characters, both in their relationship and separately worsening condition conditions. And, and also their, their lifestyles clashing, you know, living together it is very interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just like overall, I felt like the film to be it was very successful in what it set out to do. The atmosphere feels dull, and I mean that in a good way. Like this is one of those ones where it's like I kind of like how there's not like a lot of life on screen because you know mm-hmm. we are dealing with someone who's terminally ill. Uh, but it truly ramps up towards something incredible. Like the the scares, the scares and imagery in this movie are not going to be soon forgotten for me. Like you know oh. they may not look absolutely amazing and perfect, but it's the idea that I really enjoyed about it. Like you see something pretty wacky but just generally creepy i don't know i i really really enjoyed that but uh if i had any negative to say about the movie it's that it's another one of those movies that does deal with um you know centered a little bit around mental illness which is something we're going to get into with the main feature but like i feel like if you've seen enough of these movies where they are centered around someone who's mentally ill the kind of trick that they wrap everything together with at the end of this movie Right. has been in so many other movies and that's like the only negative i could say about it is that i'm like i kind of knew exactly where it was going and, i was totally uh, fine with the ending honestly it it was kind of a it, it's kind of what you expect honestly yeah but that's that's what separates it from being like amazing to me like right. i really really liked the movie but i think that if they could have found a more interesting or like creative way to to get past that barrier like it's it's impossible to talk about without spoiling but i think if you've seen the movie you kind of have an idea of what i'm talking about Um, that when it comes to people who are hallucinating and then like, you know, they come to their senses and that, that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky thing to talk about with that, without spoilers. I I did love the, the escalation. This movie is, I felt like every time another thing happened, I would just go like, Oh, that's not going to be good. Like it it just felt like you just kept going like, well, that's not going to turn out good for anybody when yeah. someone's doing this thing. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm happy to say that I I really enjoyed it. So I and, definitely and I recommend. Think, it. And we've been waiting a long time for this because this movie was pushed off. Yeah, I kind of tempered my expectations for this one because it was like this, and like these were all, they're all the movies that were going to be coming out, and then COVID fucked everything up. 
Um, like Antebellum was another one that I still I haven't seen it, but I remember everyone was excited about it. But now I've heard so much negative about it. I know I still need to check it out myself, but Is I that heard one a on lot. Shutter? Of, uh, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. But I do know, yeah, I know uh, a lot of people who didn't seem to really like uh, like Saint Maud, but I fuck man, I thought it was wicked. It's my kind of horror. Like I love this. Like it's pretty art house, but it's uh, centered around religion and just really creepy imagery and performances. I, I really liked it. I, I think for the most part, at, at this point, if you're if you're gonna watch, not that we're gonna you know talk about how much we love A twenty four all over, but at this point, if you're going into one of their movies expecting it to be anything other than a little bit depressing, you're probably lying to yourself. There, yeah. there always are going to be those. I think that's one thing that they do well is they always have a little bit of a, a real human element. There's always some character you can be like, oh, that's a real person when watching those. Well, I, I think the words you're looking for is it's elevated horror. Right, right, right. I just I didn't have my tea and monocle, so I didn't want to yeah. like, open that whole bag right there because we got to pop champagne when that starts talking. Oh, yeah, God. I honestly well, I don't understand that. I'm like, isn't that just horror? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, it's thinking man's horror or whatever. Yeah, you fun. wouldn't understand this one. Yeah, I I don't want to go near those those groups that you're talking about, Mitch. Like, I don't I don't want to be in the A24 like appreciation page. I feel like it would no. be so up its own ass. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, I could I could only handle it for so long. Now I'm just full blown insane. Alexis, <laughs> hit us with a couple more, and then we'll uh, we'll go on to our main feature. All right. Well, this one is another uh, comic adaptation. So I have watched the TV show, got hooked, and then started reading the comics because I always like to see the source material. It's either one way or the other. I read the, I read the comic, then I watch the source or like watch the show, and then. Or vice versa. Well, so, you know uh, what? So at least either way, you finish it all off. Is that you're you're getting both halves of it? You just yeah. decide whichever is more available, I guess. Yeah, or what's better? Because sometimes like one is better than the other. Often, so, like the the actual source material is better. Um, but, Up until oh, Adam Wingard's Death Note. Oh God. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, How could we forget about that? Amazing manga. Ama it's pretty good anime too. And uh, yeah, I haven't even. I I couldn't get past the preview. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> hate it. I attempted it. Yeah. I'm I'm like the only person on earth who kind of liked it. Like I've seen it more than once. And uh, you know what's weird is I still remember that. Like I don't know why the fuck out of all the things I remember is that you were kind of okay with it and that the world hated it. Well, I'll never. Yeah, I think it was because like we were about to record and Diego was like Diego had turned it off and I had watched it twice at that point and oh. like I started talking about how I liked it and Diego was just getting so mad. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the, the the anime a lot as well. I've seen all of the anime, but I, I just I think I just didn't think the movie was as trash as everyone else thinks it was. But I'm an idiot, so fuck it. What were you talking about before I brought up Adam Wingard's Death Note? <laughs> the boys. Mm. Um. So uh, Amazon Prime TV show, um, but it was uh, it comes from a graphic novel series. Uh, and so I recently just finished season two of the boys absolutely batshit insane like it's like I feel like you could almost somehow squeeze it into horror because it, it is it's, like, it's more violent than any horror movie I've seen in a long time it's the most graphic shit I've ever seen yeah. on TV I think and the most yeah. like horrifying like yeah. so if you can like if you take that and then you look at comics um, are always like a hundred times more graphic 
than that. So I was just so curious as to like, That's, well, if the TV show is already this graphic and fucked up. Like, what does the source material look like? Especially that? since it's a Garth Ennis book. Like, so Garth Ennis, he did uh, Crossed, which Boozy's oh. not a fan. Yep. See, he oh. did that. But he also, but he has also done like some of his Punisher stuff is some of my favorite. Uh, but he did um, Preacher. And Preacher is yeah. fucking crazy violent as well. But yeah, sorry, I, I have read the boy, the boys comic book series. What did you think of it? Um, well, I've only started off with like the first book so far. So I feel like I'm just kind of getting into it. And um, they haven't really, uh, there hasn't been like too much interaction with like the seven yet, which is like the whole focus of the TV show. Yeah. Um, is like kind of like this, uh, <laughs> it's almost like a parody Justice League, but like a yeah. really fucked up depraved version um like it's a, like if the like justice Superman league people, like yeah it's like if the justice league was in charge of like world star or like barstool sports <laughs> barstool sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's the justice league but like trashy oh god yeah so trashy um but yeah no i i, I love that show it's amazing um it's so good i like highly recommend that um everyone everyone checks it out um just like that just the first episode i think even, i think it's even within the first 10 minutes like when their arms get blown off will be on the floor <laughs> yeah you see yeah, this for, is spoiler that's, i uh well no it's in the first episode but when he's yeah, holding and, he's holding her hands and then her body disappears and his, her arms are still holding on to him i showed that to boozy like when uh because boozy does not like do anything that. superheroes anything superhero related and i was like dude just look at this give it a shot and yeah i remember we both laughed pretty hard but that's why Wicked. i think like i think if you hate superheroes that is like the show for you because exactly. it feels like someone who ha hates superheroes made yeah. that show to be like it's making superheroes fun of are stupid and they're fucked up and let's go kill them all yeah <laughs> you know what it kind of like not that i've seen that much like outside of what mitch showed me so like maybe five minutes is that it yeah. kind of reminds me of like i want another mystery man <laughs> we that are way? the only ones boozy and i say we because i agree dude that like it, we need something like that again like mystery men was such a, a hole in the wall like cool niche movie from way back yeah it was the movie that had smash mouth in it before shrek you know, that was a big deal honestly yeah <laughs> but okay yeah so thumbs up on the boys tv series eh oh yeah big thumbs up awesome hey alexis did you happen to prepare that top five for me I did. I know you like lists. Yeah, I love lists. And Alexis, you actually made this list before. I didn't even ask you to make a list. And you were like, hey, <laughs> I have this idea. And I'm like, that's a great idea. I was so, on yeah. it. That's just like how prepared I was this time. I was like, I know Mitch likes lists. I probably should come up with a list of some yeah. sort. <laughs> and Boozy's going to like this list. So why don't you share what this list is going to entail? Okay. So I essentially made uh, a list of my top five favorite movies that have been introduced to me by the terror table. And so hey. these movies have become like some of my all time favorite movies. Like I would include them in my top 20 or 100. Yeah. I don't know what it, what first of all, first of all, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, these are movies that I, especially because I feel like these are all movies that I might not have come across on my own. Um, right. I, I like this idea. I, I think that every episode should be this, and all our mail from now on should just be like, "Thanks, guys." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, I think it was. Um, 
uh, was it Bryson maybe? That yeah, Bry- Bryson did this. Be- where he he said like these are the movies that you guys introduced me to that like I you know I went back and checked out. Um, and number one was Jaws. I'll never forget though that he had never seen Jaws. So and, like, wild. I'm, and I'm just so happy. Like that's what yeah. there's no shame in not seeing a movie or seeing a movie late. Like you totally. not everyone not everyone's a complete fucking weirdo like me who just like l- literally block barricades my windows and watches movies from morning to night. <laughs> not everyone's like that. I do this for you guys. It's yeah. not just well, crippling depression. I do it for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true though. Like 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 Jaws is shocking, but like I also like I probably would have never went back and watched uh the thing, like the original thing if it wasn't for you guys. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, I had never seen it and uh sometimes it's sometimes it's hard like you just don't go back and watch those movies. So, all right. All right, let's let's start with number 5 or I guess you can do whatever you okay. want. I didn't really like so these are all movies that I love equally that I, I couldn't actually put them into an order. So this is not in order, but there is five of this them. This is just the greatest hits. Greatest yes. hits, yeah. So Big Shiny Terrors. Turbo Kid. Yes. <laughs> hey. yeah. When did you watch Turbo Kid? Um I feel like you guys talked about it within your first few episodes of when you yeah. started the terror table. So it definitely would have been within the first year. Yeah, I know Diego and I like that's where we really like we we bonded on a million movies, but Turbo Kid was one of the movies that yeah. Diego and I really bonded bonded on. Sorry, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the first movies that I was just like I would probably never have discovered that and uh, had never seen anything like it, and I was like, well, maybe these guys know what they're talking about. Maybe they do have some taste. <laughs> and that that movie has Alexis Olenek written all over it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Totally. Yeah, yeah, could totally see you loving that one. Well, that's awesome. Let's let's keep her going. No, I loved it. So I love that you guys got Monroe Chambers on. It was awesome to hear him talk about it even briefly. Yeah, he's a goat. Yeah, literal, yeah, literal greatest of all he's time. He's been goaded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I was so excited to tell you guys about Knuckleball. Like, because I I had seen that. Um, at you were a, the one who told me about I it. I was the one who told you guys about it because I saw it at a film festival. Um, when it first when it first came out, and the director that you got on to um talk about Michael. Michael Peterson, yeah, yeah. He he had he did we did a Q and A at the bar that I was working at after we watched the film, um, and yeah, Monroe Chambers was like the villain in it, and like you said, Boozy, like I only knew him from yeah, he was in Degrassi, and then Turbo Kid, he was still kind of a pretty innocent kid, so to change yeah. uh, to change roles like that, yeah, it's um, such a it's such a like, difference. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, you got to check this out because have you watched Harpoon yet? Inside too. No, I haven't. I'm really excited to see that now, though. Yeah, Yeah, you'll you'll like you'll like Harpoon. Yeah. All right. So number two is Cabin in the Woods. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Mitch's number one. Oh yeah, I loved it. That's that's a perfect example of like I had no idea what I was going in for. I for some reason. I think I had just went so long without seeing it because I assumed it was just one of those um, like typical teenagers kids, uh, going crazy or getting killed off, <laughs> but like a serious tone, you know, like I didn't uh, just from the name even, I guess that's kind of what you think. <coughs> it, it is that, but like the craziest twist on it. Um, so that, that was like a super fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to watch that one again. So uh, a lot of them are fun or at least these, but yeah, most of them. So the next one is Attack the Block. So another one that you guys probably talked about within the first year. That's like one of Diego's favorite movies. So yeah, yeah he used to talk about it a lot. Yeah, I oh I love that movie so much. <laughs> got a big got a big case of missing the Diego right yeah. now. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was that's a uh, super fun, super super fun movie. And so that actually, I'm really glad that you checked out. Um, was it Vampires versus the Bronx recently? Because mm-hmm. yep. I, uh, yeah, I got. I feel like yeah, you can't compare because it's like totally different qualities or. I don't know. They're one's just PG different... and one's hard R. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I just got that same feeling where it's just like fun. You know, you're just like watching it for years. Watching these yeah, people, like, try... you're having a great time watching. Like, yeah, I feel like I had a lot more. Out of their neighborhood, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I had a lot more fun with these kids than I did with like certain points with a lot of the kids in It. You know, yeah. like I had more fun with these kids just chilling out. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Because I know that one didn't do very well or uh, hadn't heard much good things about mm-hmm. it. But I know I had some fun watching it. I don't remember much of it now, but because <laughs> um, you were blazed, probably. <laughs> Let's put Canadians. everyone on blast here about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking Canadians. <laughs> it's all legal here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I uh, I made my own uh, brownies um, when I went to go see Freaky. I actually I um, I, t- I took one of them because I was like, this is going to be a fun movie. This is the right time. That's but a good I, movie to I do. I actually gotten high just from licking the spoon while I was making them. So, because the inclination of how the, strong that shit was. Yeah, that should have been like an inclination. Like maybe I'll just lick the spoon and go. That was yeah, like boozy. Like, that was like me and boozy when we got that cake from uh, Mama Fox. Mama oh, Fox. Shout out Mama Fox. Fox. And uh, we watched Hubie Halloween. <laughs> we we were just we were on a in a whole other planet. Well, I don't I think you. It just, I, I mean, I had. I didn't. I couldn't bring myself to watch it, but I don't think you could have watched it sober. So it was well, painful. Yeah, that's another one that I think Boozy and I hate more than most people. Surprisingly, like I'm like, oh, I, I, totally, more, yeah. I did not see it going this way. I totally thought that we were going to be the ones who like might like it a bit more than everyone else, yeah. but it was the complete inverse. I, I feel like I give a lot of things a chance, and I just yeah, I just hated it. So I, I still just thinking about it. I want to go like. If Adam Sandler was walking around, I'd get out and punch him for that. Oh, like that. shut up, man. Adam Sandler is... Seriously. G-O-A-T. <laughs> no, I, it, I, when was yeah. the last time you put out anything good? Uncut Gems. It's like one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Okay, like, before the, that, though. Before that. <laughs> uh, Think about all the horrible funny. things he's put you through. I like funny people. Man, that's my boy. It was hilarious. And that's a movie that I did not want to see. I didn't. And then I watch it. Granted... I was heavily high, but like <laughs> it worked and it helped. I had a good time. <laughs> Zabahu. All right, keep going. Another fun one uh, would be Trick or Treat. Hey. Kind of shocking since I'm such a huge Halloween fan uh, mm-hmm. that I had never seen this movie somehow. Um, but I feel like I watched it for the first time, even maybe only like two Halloweens ago and now, or three. And now it's like one of those movies that's guaranteed. I have to watch this every Halloween. It's essential. It is. It's it's a modern classic. I I will say about that. Not, uh, not that other movie (laughs) that you said, Mitchell. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh yeah. So good. And I, I did not realize or had no idea. It was kind of like almost an, an anthology style well um but blended and worked so well together yeah. and like oh well in boozy probably like one of the coolest werewolf scenes like I've it, it is really solid you know it feels like you would you want more from those right because they're good looking yeah. werewolves and it's a fun premise it's just yeah. yeah it just gives you only a little bit of it yeah yeah i also just loved that because weren't they dressed up as maybe they're just dressed up as like princesses but i, I kind of envisioned them as like disney princesses turning into werewolves for, like, well, they were doing out of their gowns i, I think they're just supposed to be red riding, riding hoods oh, yeah. yeah 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 right 
Yeah, yeah. so good. I love that. Great movie. All right, and the final one. So we got Turbo Kid, Cabin in the Woods, Attack the Block, Trick or Treat. Uh, so those are four great movies. Drum roll. Train to Busan. <laughs> oh, Train to Busan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. One of that's the, a, that's one a heavy hitter list. Oh, man. One of the best movies I've ever seen, honestly. Like, not even just horror. Like, that movie, it it made me laugh. It made me cry. Like, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like. Yeah. So good. Just a masterpiece. Like, no, yeah, totally. I mean, and and it really added a lot of life to the like we mentioned this before. Added a lot of life to the the zombie genre that was kind of in you know yeah we mentioned stale. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, thank you because those uh, you're, you're, <laughs> welcome. you're welcome. Those I movies mean. have changed my life. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Like that makes me so happy. And I know like because I think we we became friends like after the terror table had started. Uh, but then you start listening and everything and it, it does, it means a lot. And we have become friends because mm-hmm. of our connection through horror. Uh, so I'm really happy to know that we, that our show could give you some movies that like, you know, mean a lot to you. Cause that's what the whole show is based on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start getting sappy here. So let's go on to the main feature. What do you guys think? Sounds good. On our way to the main feature, which is voices. That's a lot of cheese sandwiches to eat in one sitting. 41. <laughs> and that tiny Sonia Thomas always wins. And now a grimmer story. A woman murdered. Her partial remains dumped in the woods. So sad. So terrible. Reporter Sheila Hammer has an Action One News exclusive. The grisly discovery Tuesday near Milton of an unidentified female stabbing victim has local police on the hunt for a serial killer. Yeah, you're a serial killer. Sheriff Weinbacher. No, he isn't. Now, with the aid of the FBI, we have developed a profile of the unknown killer. Male, late 20s or early 30s, white, lower middle class, trouble fitting in. That's you, Jerry. Can I have an autograph? Shh. Will he kill again? Well, it's not stopped soon. Every indication is he will kill again. You hear that, punk? No, 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 no. You're a killer. God. A serial killer. I don't want to be a killer. Too late! There's no turning back. You're a stone cold murdering maniac. Told you so. Told me so what? Well, I told you you like killing. And now the cops, they say the same thing. Jerry. 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 All right, and we have reached our main feature presentation in which we are talking about Alexis Olenek's pick, The Voices, which was released in 2014. Uh, so this movie, it cost $11 million to make and it brought in 444000 So this is one of those movies that I think uh, when Alexis gave a list of films that she wanted to talk about on the show, this was number one. And it was for the reason that this is a movie that a lot of people still haven't seen or they have yet to get to it or even know that it exists. I, I had no idea this existed. Yep, yeah, there you go. So it somehow uh, just like slid under the radar. I remember I saw it. I saw it in 2014 when it came out because like I was super heavily like up on everything on bloody disgusting.com. So anytime they shared a new movie, I was like. I would do my research in on it, and this one has Ryan Reynolds, Gemma Arterton, and uh, Anna Kendrick. Uh, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick, yeah, and it's like this. So it's just one of those movies. It's like, how is this not the biggest movie in the world, uh, or even you know at least a pretty moderate success? And uh, when I saw the movie, I understood why to an extent, but I'm looking forward to getting into it today. So it yeah. is like it follows Ryan Reynolds, who plays Jerry, who's working in a 
toilet and fixture factory. He boxes. I it was a tub factory. A bathtub factory. Yeah, well, it's fixtures. Like they, they definitely have toilets in there as well. But you see him packing up, uh, packing up bathtubs and everything. Man, and Mitch, were you assessing be... the their situations there? You're like, what kind of sink you got over there? Like, what's going on? I could set that shit up. Those days are behind me, my man. I'm, <laughs> I'm over the plumbing shit. Oh, come but... on. You, you you don't have, like, a little part of you? Like, that shit's going to live with you forever? You're going to be thinking no, about plumbing if, on shit? If anything, if anything, this movie just shows that, like, his line of work, which is, yes, different from a plumber. Like, he's working in a basically a plumbing warehouse. It's not glamorous work, and it's not fun, happy-go-lucky, like, the way that you, he makes it look like it is in the first couple minutes of the movie. Um, so that's that's even something that we can talk about a little bit later on. But yeah, you follow Jerry, who, you know, we were introduced to him as this kind of shy, awkward person working he's in a, a loser. He, like, that's that's how you're kind of sold to him. Being yeah, kind of a, like he's, a loser. he's nice. He's nice. He's charming. But he's you can tell he's off. He's a little socially he's awkward, socially mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. Kind of off putting, but socially has, awkward, like, but good intentions. I don't know. His coworkers are kind of rude to him. And yeah. uh he begins hearing voices that are voiced from his cat, which I believe is Mr. Whiskers. Yes. And his dog, Bosco. So he's, uh, he has conversations with them, and they basically try to... Uh, they're his friends. They they help him decide if he's going to continue the medication that he was given from his psychiatrist. Well, they're very much the, the angels and devil on your shoulder concept through the whole thing. And I think one funny thing we could mention before we get too into this is Ryan Reynolds voices all of these things. He does a ton of voice work in this movie, which is another actually kind of fun thing is he has, he shows some range. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's a man, a man who has a vocal relationship with his soft Southern country dog Bosco and his evil Irish cat. Is it Irish or British? I, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was Irish or it's something of, like that. Yeah, some, so, some wait, of no, it. No, no, no. Sc- uh, Scottish because he, he based it? it off of his, uh, Scottish friend that he's known for like 20 years and he always did impressions of him. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to... A little to... bit of insider info right there. Yeah. <laughs> so you know Ryan Reynolds. About the voices as well. Well, no, just I, I thought it was really cool that he did the voices of the uh, the dog and the cat because I was reading an interview that he did when this movie came out and he said that they were actually trying to cast people for those voices to do the voice mm-hmm. acting. Um, but he actually uh, auditioned himself um, and just did a just recorded himself doing a full conversation uh, with like as the dog and the cat and Jerry, um, and then sent it to him to be like I think like these are Jerry's voices they're in his head like they should be uh, Jerry's voices and then he just gave them accents and and kind of a bit of a personality so he could d- uh, make them different right yeah <laughs> absolutely could you imagine him bursting into the wrong office to do that whole thing and he'll just go right into the skit and someone's watching ryan reynolds do three different voices for no reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so this movie is it's directed by marjane satrapi and it was written by michael r perry and i guess we can just kind of get into it now so uh what do you guys how you guys want to go about this i guess let's go with alexis alexis why did you choose this movie 
And uh, what made it stand out to you as something that you wanted to talk about on the tear table? Exactly the reason that you said that it just, um, it didn't do very well, which um, I didn't really understand because I think it's, I think it's a well done movie. I think it's really fun. Um, but I think maybe it was marketed more towards like a general, because I remember seeing trailers for it and I, maybe it was marketed more to a general audience. And I don't think a general audience would enjoy this movie. This no. is a, this is a movie. If you love dark comedies and you have a really fucked up dark sense of humor, like we do, <laughs> then, uh, th this, this is your style. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, as you can see, like even from the list that I gave you guys, like I do really enjoy the combination of horror and comedy. Like I kind of mm -hmm. see it as PB and J, like they're so good on their own, but they're even better together. Yeah, <laughs> kind absolutely. Of like, I've realized like coming up with like lists for you like guys here and there of the years of like my favorite movies and the ones that always tend to stand out for me are those like horror comedy, horror comedies or dark comedies. Um so it just, yeah, it fit into that. I don't think there's been uh, enough eyes on it. So I I just want to tell people yeah. it and get it out there so more people watch it. I don't think it gets enough praise. And to be honest, I think that this is Ryan Reynolds' best performance in a movie ever, maybe other than Deadpool. But wow. keep in mind, I also haven't wow. seen Buried. I haven't seen Buried yet. But <laughs> Oh, Buried's actually, I was going to bring that one up on this episode too, because like that. That's a really good. Well, I've only seen it once, but I really liked it when it came out. I remember out. liking it when it came out too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing though, Reynolds, he's had such an interesting career. Like you look at that guy and he's had so many, so many movies that would have destroyed other lesser actors careers. Like, you yeah. know, you're looking at Green Lantern and RIPD and, uh, oh, like RIPD. Just... Oh my, I think that was on Tubi. <laughs> like if that, if that really correlates to how, I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi. And that's Jeff Bridges too, man. Like, you yeah. know, like that's, it just goes to show, like, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Reynolds has the, uh, and I also don't know if he's had the same manager all these years, but he either has the best manager or the fucking worst because they never really know where to put him. No, uh, I think he was struggling to find out because it kind of seemed like, yeah, he had a bunch of, you know, kind of misses leading up to this. And then uh, it sounded like from the sounds of it, like from his interviews, it sounded like he wanted to turn that around and, and wasn't like, oh, well, I shouldn't just follow where the money is because it doesn't matter how good I am. The movie can still be a total piece of shit yeah, um, and started, started to look for like scripts and directors that he really believed in and, and thought like he thought, well, it needs to be a good movie. It needs to be a good script. And then I can do my job better um and i think that, that that this was kind of the turning point for him yeah well it's definitely like you know he's had a few of those but this is definitely one that shows the range that he's capable of and what he what he's really capable of as an actor he's not just van wilder in this he's not just deadpool i think that deadpool is what has you know he found his exact spot in the world as deadpool like he's just so good in that role um, but that doesn't mean that he can't pull off like crazy little movies like this. And I, I love that a guy like him who even had so much success prior to this took on a movie like the voices that, you know, expects so much from its lead. And, mm -hmm. uh, he definitely, he definitely carries the movie. He's yeah. well, I mean, the great movie in this movie. Is like 90% him, right? Cause he's three, yeah. he's three characters really. Yeah. Well, and then this is another movie where we spend most of the time with our, our, antagonist who just happens to to be uh in a weird way fairly likable and even some of the the more gross decisions he makes and it's just kind of the 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 uh relationships he has with the things around him 
that make it kind of like he's doing kind of nice things in a weird way. Like he wants people to have friends and stuff like that. And he's mm-hmm. he's doing basically what they ask and, and kind of going about an interesting way of doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're yeah, looking at he does a really good job of making like um, he's he's a he's a serial killer really in this movie, but he does a good job of making uh, making it a somehow relatable and likable character. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's feel, kind of feel sorry for him the whole time, you know, like I, you, it's yeah. kind of that Tucker and Dale versus evil effect almost. I feel like where mm-hmm. um, you know, like these poor innocent unassuming guys, like they they have good intentions, um, but they're there's just people dying in front of them he's a little bit more involved in this but yeah well i think something with this too like what changes that dynamic is that we're watching the movie from his perception like we're watching this movie from from his point of view and you know leading especially like you watch the i'll just get it out of the way right right now that i was really excited when you recommended this one because it is one that kind of slipped my mind like i know i saw it when it came out and but i haven't seen it since and i haven't thought about it much since because you hear no one talking about it but I do remember really liking it. So upon a rewatch, like rewatching it over the lot, like watching it, rewatching it yesterday, I realized, yeah, like there's so much really good stuff in here. But the thing is, it is one of those movies that it's such a, there's so many drastic tonal shifts and it's because you're watching from the perception of a psychopath and someone who's severely mentally ill. And, uh, that changes like the whole, that if there's like a negative to say about the movie, which isn't even really a negative, it's just that it makes it less enjoyable the further it goes on and it starts becoming more and more real. And it starts becoming, it transitions from like darkly comical to sad. And uh, that's, but that's also like kind of an important arc to have in a movie dealing with this kind of subject matter, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's maybe why it missed its mark a little bit because people went into it thinking like this is a comedy, mm-hmm. and you come out of it being like this th- that was fucking depressing, um, yeah. kind of like in the same sense of uh, like I feel like I went into that with Colossal where I thought the same thing I was like oh yeah it's hilarious totally and you come out of it being like what did I just watch like I'm destroyed <laughs> i've spent a lot of time talking about colossal this week that is wild oh, really? that you brought that because that's actually that's a very good comparison yeah, um it's the only just, movie i could think of that made me feel the same way you know yeah just, where there's just that there's a line in the sand where it changes yeah at the beginning like we we feel for jerry and like believe that he truly means well and he's just severely mentally ill but like as the story unfolds you're given the many hurdles that he struggles with to just take his medication. And so this is another movie that like deals very heavily with like, well, I think that's what, if there's something that does the best at is understanding why people who are mentally ill don't want to take their medication. Yeah. And uh, that is the one thing that I've never seen tackled in a movie, which I I know for a lot of people, it, it is a difficult process on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's like, it's not only just because, you know, like for some people it's uh, financial reasons, but for him, it's clearly he's lonely. He doesn't want to be alone. And in his little world that he's living in, it's so fun and bubbly. And it's almost like a 50s sitcom type type <laughs> vibe that he has to his life where everything's just so light. And uh, he's just trying to be joyous. And then he has this like goofy cat and his goofy dog that talk to him. You feel so bad for him wanting to get better but him being better is him being lonely and uh have no excitement in his life and be barely alive and that's the thing with a lot of people who have struggles with 
the wrong medications. They're given the wrong medications and it just makes them feel dead inside and they don't want to do anything and everything just feels gray. And then they're like, but it also cures them of their, their ailments and like their, their mental struggles. But in this case, who like, I'm pretty sure Boozy talks to his cats and dogs like that on the regular. Oh, all the time. (laughs) I am. I'm just waiting. Honestly, I'm just waiting for Loomis to be like, do it, dude. Just let's go to town. And I'll be like, of course, man. Like, let's do it. (laughs) You you live in constant fear. Yeah, totally. I I kind of, I want to hop in on this and just talk about overall, because I'm the only one here who's seen this for the first time. This is my, because I did not know this fucking thing existed before, which is very interesting. Um, (laughs) because it it does seem. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say, Boozy, because I I didn't even know that you were going to be here today. So I was very excited because I knew that this would be a movie that you would probably, hopefully, enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, I said the same thing to him. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, and it's just it does feel weird that it didn't get a bigger uh, rollout because it does kind of reminds me of uh, in the same realm of like a a warm bodies maybe something in that. Mm-hmm. kind of realm and and like warm bodies i don't remember much of and i can't remember i don't think people loved it but you know that was a movie that probably didn't need to be in theaters but you know what i mean like i think this movie should have been in theaters honestly and and the thing is is that uh, i'll say is this is right down the middle like a like a a two and a half out of five for me like it's it's, it's such a 50 50 movie because yeah, there's a ton, a ton of great stuff in this movie, and I think the premise alone, and and a lot of the story in it up until the ending for me, uh, is great. I think this is this is what you want for a movie, and I think uh, Anna Kendrick is great in this, uh, and and I do think Ryan Reynolds carries this in such a fun way, and he is such a he is such a likable guy, like he he yeah. is definitely like one of the greatest exports Canada has ever provided because, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just genuinely sweet and a likable person. Even in this movie, when he's doing terrible things, he is, is likable. And maybe that's a bit of a detriment if this movie wanted to be a little bit darker because he is sometimes the light in his own dark movie. And, and then the other thing I'll say is that uh, it, with that being said that the story was like a great idea is that it just felt so clunky. Like all the, it did all the things that it should have done. It just wasn't as charming as I wanted. And that that was really a bummer because it, it has all these right elements. I just, I don't know why it didn't come together. Well, and that's, that's totally why it's a 50 50 for me because yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's so much going for it. And so many times where there are fun things. And then there's other times, like maybe it was lacking a little bit more, humor or ad libs because i think the humor didn't always land as it should have because if if the humor was really good in this this would be a great movie this would be like if taika watiti could have like slapped some shit in here (laughs) would have been great you know and i think i think it had all the right struck it had good bones there was a good house here i just i don't know it just it's a bummer that it didn't hit harder i think i'm like i'm right in the middle of both of you then because I agree. I even wrote down in my notes. I was like, it's that it does feel clunky for me in the way that like in between scenes of him, you know, exacting his, his situation and him like actually going fully manic. Mm -hmm. Those are, those are the, that's the best part of the movie. Like when he's actually talking to his animals, I think that those scenes are fucking hilarious. Specifically the one where he's talking uh, to his cat and his dog while they're watching like animals fuck and then they start eating oh. each other like that whole scene that whole scene is like you take that you take that like four minute clip out of that movie 
that's a five out of five clip. Like that's yeah. five out of five. Amazing scene. So funny. Uh, but then it's the jumping in between different scenarios where it just gets less interesting because I, I we're think, so accustomed to his, his outlook. Right. I think the, the, yeah. Uh, if I could, if I could quantify the things I don't like in one thing, it's the therapist storyline altogether. Mm-hmm. I think you have such a fun story that you didn't need. Like it was like over explanation. If you just had the story of a guy who didn't want to take his meds, I don't need his backstory. That's all we need to know. Right. That's that's a fine enough character as it is. Honestly, I think it's it's important to show the parents stuff, man. <laughs> Dude, it gave me it was giving me like Black Xmas vibes here. I was just like, I don't fucking care. Like I, he's a, he's a dude who needs some help. I think it's a necessary evil to show a little bit of that background because it does come into play at the end, like right. with. But uh, and that's that's what I feel like is the the too ambitious part of it is like that ending was. It, like did Danding we need sucks. something that yeah but did we need something yeah. that big out of that i think that was way too much flash and it's like they had extra budget and they're like yeah just put more and more people in here like i don't know it it, it could have been solved easier that way and maybe that's just me nitpicking but it just i hated that whole storyline of the therapist i didn't like her character like hmm. Maybe she needed a dog that he could have like. That would have been cool if if she also had a dog and he would just listen to that dog. Like, yeah, there, that, like, punch it that's up. Like, actually, that would have made it a better movie. That's like, a really good point. Yeah, I kind of I, I don't know. I agree with both of you in different ways because I would say like those are the weak points for sure. Mm-hmm. Is like the um, the flashbacks and the backstory. Like it it definitely like takes you out of it or almost it, it's a very different vibe. It's almost like mm-hmm. a different movie that you're kind of peeping into. That's all of a sudden inserting itself into the story it's and very like, serious and weird the talking point. sock though the talking like, sock i don't know like i felt like it, they they just had done such a good job already of writing his character and portraying it that like i already fully understood like kind of where the type of person he was and where he was coming from and exactly and, uh that that i just i didn't feel like I, like it gave it maybe it like it's like it tried to give it a bit more depth and reasoning to why he's doing the things he does, but I didn't feel that it was necessary. And I feel like we could have almost done without it. And it would well, have been. It's trying like, to be a fun movie, right? It's not like we're watching Maniac. That's, that's the no, thing is like this, but should it's be also a lot more fun. It's like, pretty comparable. A good double feature with the voices would be Maniac, <laughs> like Elijah Woods Maniac. And, yeah, and I, I think I still need to check yeah. it out. Yeah. And even oh, the way so Mitch good. talked about like the best parts are the animal parts. You should have went full in on that and, you know, like he would be walking down the street and random shit like birds and stuff, you know. And I know that like because they had to edit that all in there with the mouse and shit, it might be annoying, but you could figure out ways to do it. But it would just it would have made it more fun because it just seemed like we spent a lot of time at his dreary job, which I know is supposed to be part of this. But there's a lot of I felt like it was a, a little too much in there because this is a longer film. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely too long for yeah, what it I, is. like I don't care about his job that much. I, I get it. But, but I will I do appreciate any movie that puts in a forklift dance choreographed dance sequence, <laughs> oh, like drive yeah. sequence. Really the appreciated fact, that. I'm glad that, that those certified movie, people were there. The fact that this movie ends with uh Jesus driving a bright pink forklift. <laughs> yeah. Which they did not deserve that that like funnier movies should have gotten that movie. I'm sorry. Like I I actually did like this movie, but like that was too good for the ending of this movie. That's the thing, man. There's so many moments in this movie that I think like it it strikes gold so many times throughout it. But then Mm -hmm. it's just kind of jarring. But that's why like I so I think I'm kind of that's where I'm kind of with Alexis where the good outweighs the bad because the good is that good. 
Like, yeah. I think that, uh, like there's, I even wrote down a couple quotes, but, uh, I just love even like you just mentioned the, the toilet factory boozy. I like that when the movie starts off, it's really bubbly and bright and everything. It's oh, like, I almost, do too. almost every time he goes back to it though, yeah. every time he goes back to it, it slowly starts. Like, it's like, that's not the same place he was at in the beginning. And that's, what's kind of really, it's really smart about that because it's showing like what his mania looks like what right. the like when he's like fully torqued like for lack of better words like when yeah. he's having like he's having a um an episode the world is just a way happier funnier bubblier place and that's why i love when he says to the one guy oh i just have it pulled up here um you have the greatest hair john like in the back <laughs> like when oh, the guys yeah <laughs> Because he's, he's like balding on top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got the the eagle's nest, so he's just like he's showing like, love to the hair that is there. That oh. just shows Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds in this role, and he like I, really puts his skills to to use in that. I, I think. feel like they yeah. didn't let him say the things that that would have made it funny because he's a funny guy, dude. I don't know how you could have made the scene funnier where he, uh, what's her name? Gemma, Gemma Arterton's character. Um, no, 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 I'm not saying overall, like, Fiona. or that, that it didn't have, like, funny parts in it. But I, I feel like, I, I don't know. And that's just me saying there's there's so much that could have been done here. I, like, it needed a couple of Andy Samberg jokes once in a while, but not, like, too many. Just, like, one or two more fart jokes for me. And I think Ryan Reynolds was the right person for this. Like, I, I don't know. It's just I know he, I know what you mean. It. I know what yeah. you mean, but also I he find it hard. Doesn't Deadpool phase yet, where he can just say any stupid shit that he wants. Like. No, but he, <laughs> are you kidding? He was in Amityville Horror, looking cut as fuck in two thousand three. Oh, yeah. He That's... should be allowed to have the keys to the city. That's the hottest. That's the hottest a man has ever looked. (laughs) (laughs) That is that is the ideal male body. That is peak performance. That is like yeah. Okay, but this is where I disagree with you guys like a little bit because I like I can see like I totally understand that like these are the reasons that take people out of the movie like the tonal shifts and that like it's way more depressing than you expect going into it um, because you kind of go in expecting a comedy um, and that maybe it's just like not quite funny enough but I I guess I also I think because I've seen it a few times that now every time I've seen it like it gets better because I think I felt like that the first time I watched it but every time I watch it now I have a better understanding going in like that that this is like the purpose like this was the writer and the director's purpose of the movie and those like you said those tonal shifts are like that's that's um a reflection of of the like Jerry's uh mania right or like his, his illness and um and I think that I think that too, because I think if it was just funny and it was just making fun of his schizophrenia the entire movie, then it would not, then it would be a problem. It would not have the same effect. And I think, I think it taking itself a little bit more seriously and getting a little bit on the depressing side, maybe a little too real and you don't Mm -hmm. end the movie feeling very good. Um, I, I just, I feel like it, I feel like it needs that. (laughs) I agree. To take that money or take that movie a little bit more seriously or otherwise this movie could very easily be offensive. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I know. And I'm not saying it needed to be like over the top. This did not need to be like hot rod. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. (laughs) But like, I feel like the times because Jerry is a very likable character. So the times when it was funny, it should have hit a little bit harder because I, that I it disagree. makes you appreciate all the darker points of this movie. I don't know. Oh, it just—it it feels those so scenes, dull to me when it's not that scenes. funny. Because I, I agree you... with you guys that it's like almost. They, they don't rope me in with show. him. I'm agreeing <laughs> with you. 
I agree with you. Don't rope me in with him. Like, <laughs> no, I, but that... you said you said that it was too long, and 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 I do yeah, agree yeah. that like it, it could be shaved down, and I think the scenes that would be uh, kind of need to be shaved down would be the those ones where it's you know showing more of his you know his life at the factory and and right. with his coworkers and and what yeah, with the therapist. But Reworked that whole situation. Yeah, I thought you yeah. just said before that you liked it, and I was saying that I didn't. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is that the 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 comedy highs I think right. are so fucking high. Like when he hits, when he picks up Fiona and she's shit faced, and they're in the car, and he hits that deer, and the deer flies through the window. That man, that was so. That was the funniest part of that movie. The fourth angel is Lucifer. (laughs) He says, yeah, like he's, he's talking. She's like, you know, in a state of like, she, she just got in a car accident. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? And there's this deer head hanging in the car windshield. And it's like saying, kill me, Jerry, kill me. (laughs) He's like, Lucifer is a fallen angel. And he starts slicing its neck. It's like, that's the scariest thing you could ever imagine. Imagine being in a car with a man who's driving you home. And then he starts going like, no, I have to cut its throat. Lucifer After is a falling in a angel. After car accident. Yes. Cut my throat. Don't worry. I'll help you. What? No, not you. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. The fourth angel is Lucifer. What? Lucifer is an angel, a fallen angel. Is that like it set up? It, it had to do that setup in the beginning, maybe a little bit too long, but it, it had to show those kind of almost more boring, happy parts uh, of his life to be able to see that contrast of like the depressing reality, and for you to understand and be on the same page as the character as to like why they don't want to take their medication, like why they listen to their voices, and right. why they end up in this, um, yeah, going down this terrible path. I just want to say that, Alexis, I'm going to point out something you had mentioned kind of right at the start is trying to figure out where this movie sits because it is way more gruesome than I than it had like any inclination that it was going to be. I was expecting a little, yeah, like a little more dainty, I guess, especially with how the opening is. And and yeah, yeah, it is like it is surprisingly gruesome, which credit for that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I would say to people is like, don't 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 go in expecting necessarily like. Tucker and Dale versus evil that you're just going to have fun with it the entire time. Like yeah. if you've seen it's a little Colossus more serious. Or, or something like that, like you're, that's more along the lines of some, what you're getting into. <laughs> and that's, that's something that I appreciate tenfold more than the last time I watched it. Because when I watched this in 2014, I would have been, you know, 23, 24 years old. And, uh, I was, I was at a phase where I wasn't super not to say I'm so well versed in every single mental illness and everything, but it's uh, I've had a lot more experiences over the last six, seven years since this has come out where it was actually bothering me to watch this movie again. And I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be able to finish it. And I know that I sound like a baby saying that, but the reason is because um, this type of disorder and mental illness has touched uh, Saskatoon in a couple different ways. And it's really, really scary. And it's also a like really draining thought of how this shit happens all the time. Like that shit happens everywhere. You, you'll hear about like someone who's um, thinks that their parent is some, something that they're not. And they make a huge mistake when they're in a state of mania. And uh, so it made it, it made it a little difficult to watch all the like comedic beats yeah. of those parts. Like, especially when 
he's putting their body parts in the fridge and they're talking back to him. And it's like, it kind of does feel like they're like, you know, I, I realize this is a movie and I don't want to sound like a fucking baby by any means or anything here, but it's like, if you're very sensitive to the um, representation of victims in movies and stuff like this, this might not be the movie for you, but it at least attempts, it attempts to have that conversation near the end of the movie where it does get a lot more heavy. And like, you know, that's why I think they, they at least did the right thing by trying to, to right those wrongs and, you know, give an explanation as to why it was so funny for the first little bit. And eventually the joke wears off. So it's one of those movies though, that if you're not okay with having like a drastic, emotion change throughout the movie then this isn't going to be a movie for you like it's it's definitely one that challenges you to go through the motions yeah i uh, I had a friend that was in the same situation that like had known had a family member person like personally that experienced the the same things that you were talking about and she uh she i think she walked out within like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie and was like rightfully so which i like i like i totally i understood but at the same time like, um, like you said, I feel, I feel like it does more than that. And you get a very wrong impression of it just from those 20, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. and that, and that's why I think it is important that it does do that tonal shift and shows it in a more real light. And, and I, uh, like, I, I guess I, I was wondering, like, is, do people consider this movie, um, like insensitive towards mental illness or does it, because for me, it was the first time, like you mentioned, it was the first time that I had ever seen the perspective of someone, um, taking taking pills and um the difference that it that it created like what their distorted reality looked like and what the pills did to them and um like why they wouldn't want to take them and and kind of like what how strong those voices in their head were and why they were doing the things they were like i had never seen anything from that perspective before um so it made me and then that's the whole point of the movie it makes you sympathetic towards that character right and what they're going through and then you see them as not just this um serial killer you see them as this very awfully mentally ill person that um is very lonely and um is almost acting out of that isolation and 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 loneliness and kind of almost that failed system i guess yeah Yeah. i entirely agree on that and that that, that's the thing though it's like this isn't one of those movies that were yeah i can totally understand like i if i knew someone had gone through a similar situation or have has had to deal with schizophrenia or bipolar or um any anything like that like it's this is a sensitive subject so it's like well right off the gate the right off the bat this probably isn't a great idea for for you like because they're going like, I don't know, but it's better than them going the entire movie just being comedic and making a joke out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, that's the detriment to the success of the movie because it makes it a little less enjoyable when it gets real. And I do think that the the real moments, like the where, where it does get uh, realistic, is where the movie falls a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still admire the swing that it went for. The ending was very anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they didn't yeah. know how to end it. They didn't no, know what they no, wanted to do with it. It, it was too. It was too big for its britches. Yeah, <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like I feel like it was a very almost more of a realistic portrayal too. Though is like if you go down that that path, like what ending is there for you? You know, like yeah, it's, it's not going to be a very exciting ending. It's not going to be a happy one. It's it's mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. So. It, <laughs> I, I like I I I agree that the, I, I can never remember the ending like it doesn't stick with me because it's not a good one. Um, but then at the same time, it 
I'm more accepting of it now. I'm like, well, it kind of makes sense. Like what, like what, mm-hmm. I guess like what else would you do with it? But obviously more, I really like that. They ended it with the, the dance sequence. <laughs> yeah. And the happy song. <laughs> yeah. Happy, happy song. For some reason it worked so well for me with this movie, but it did not work for me with, uh, I'm not, what is it? I'm thinking of ending things. Is that, what do you mean? Is the happy song in that? No, like they they did like a weird little dance sequence at the end of that movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And you I, yeah you didn't like I'm thinking of ending things, eh? No, well because I read the book, uh, and so it was. I like the movie more than the book. <laughs> really. I read the I read the book twice, and I liked the movie uh, more than I liked the book. But I I did really like the book. But they're they're different entities. They're just very different. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Just just that ending felt very. Um, it didn't fit with the with the book or the movie. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, like it wasn't that ending wasn't in the wasn't in the book. But yeah, um, that's Kaufman. He's just a weirdo. The guy <laughs> made that. Just strange movie. Yeah, but no, yeah. And this one, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's nice seeing Anna Kendrick in roles like this, or she just always pulls off the these roles as the the nice, kind person. She's like, just so likable. Yeah, so she's good. pretty yeah. similar in Fifty Fifty, even uh, mm-hmm. which is. The great yeah. cancer movie. Such a great yeah. movie. That was a good movie. Yeah. She hey, did that, that has sugar in it. I love that movie. Sugar? sugar. Yeah. Uh, don't you remember Sugar from uh, YTV? Oh, right. Yes. She's, I, she has a very small part in this movie. And like, yeah, she's it was, the most, you, you, as soon as you hear her, you know that's Sugar. Yeah, uh, you were the one that pointed that out to me too. I forgot about that. The chick with uh, well, the super high I've voice. Always had a, I've always had like a little crush on her since I was. Honestly, a wee I lad. think I think everyone has. Is that Canadian? Yeah. I think YTV is Canadian, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah is out of Toronto. But... So it meant, that funny thing that you mentioned with Anna Kendrick is um, what I really liked. That was a little bit different about this too. Is they didn't. They like played into some tropes, but then they also didn't want to play into some to to some horror movie tropes. So like just in general, in a slasher, typically you have these like scantily clad babes running around being murdered, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And somehow with less and less clothing every time. Um and and a lot of times that is like the objective is uh, you know, is killing all these females are finding these attractive females um and so i love that they put this very like because they just he they made him so unassuming that they're like well this he did end up killing all these females but it wasn't intentional and it wasn't because he uh like it wasn't even an attraction thing necessarily um near the end it it just uh was an awful circumstance (laughs) so like obviously they they was making the best of it yeah, they did the trope with like the first one, you know, where yeah. you know she's running through the the forest and in, in her her wet nightgown. Um, but but then with uh, you know the second one, it didn't show that oh he's looking for another like female victim necessarily. It was just this lady from the office is really interested in him, um, and she's very very kind and probably like the nicest um, person or like the person that's been the nicest to him in his life ever. And that's what I like about how he's not interested in her because he's yeah. interested in, in uh, Fiona, like Gemma Arterton's character, because she's the, like, that's why those scenes with the mom are crucial because mm-hmm. it shows the the mom issues and where this, this trauma stems from and also how she had schizophrenia of a sorts as well. And uh, like that shit is just hereditary. Unfortunately, a lot of the times, 
And, uh, but yeah, like that's what makes it so heartbreaking when you see like him being shit on by Fiona constantly. And the only time she's nice to him is when she's drunk. And, but that's, she's not even being nice to him. It's just, that's his perception. Like he just sees her as being nice to him because she's acting like how his mom acted to him and his mom needs to love him. Right. Like he, he need like, it's just a very good dissection of a Sierra killer. And like, what can cause someone to, to go down this path, this very like unstable path. Mm-hmm. I loved the talking heads too. Yeah, yeah, so good. I just, I don't know, man. I, I loved all the the uh, every time the cat was talking, I was in. Oh. I thought that, and especially in Bosco too. Like, you hear that? I am a good boy. <laughs> I love like, that so much. Remember, like last week when I was telling you that there's like an invisible line between good and evil, and that you <laughs> you were about to cross it. That I said, no, yeah. no, no, you're a good boy. Well, I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. You are not a good boy. <laughs> so you hear that? I earned the right to be called a good boy. <laughs> based, there's even the time where, like, obviously, his cat is always like egging him on, and he's like, "Kill, kill. You'll feel alive." Like, yeah. Um, but then, but then there's like the one I don't even even know if the the animals weren't talking at this point because he wasn't on his or because he took his medication but i just remember he like was in that situation of like oh shit do i need to kill this person and the cat just keeps like is not saying anything but he just keeps looking at the cat and the cat yeah. that death glare that it gives you like do yeah. it do yeah, it do <laughs> it yeah, no, it's just, it's a gleefully insane movie. And uh, I definitely think it's, regardless of what you've been hearing on this this episode, I think the point is uh, that it's a movie worth seeing because even if you're not going to love it, there's a lot to digest here. And mm-hmm. it's a movie that no one, like th- this has been a movie that so many people have missed. And uh, it's definitely worth a look. Like, I don't know, the fact that it has Ryan Reynolds, Anna Kendrick and Gemma Arterton is just insane that this isn't a bigger movie, but when you watch it, you're going to understand why. Cause I, mm-hmm. I do like, I know Alexis, you, you love this movie and I'm, I can totally see, see yeah. what you love about it. And I'm happy that we were able to talk about it on the show. Yeah. Well, I've just come to love it more over time. I think I felt, like I said, I felt similar to you guys. The first time is maybe a little lackluster or like you kind of don't quite mm-hmm. vibe with it as much, but um, it's just something that I keep coming back to because it's just stuck in my stuck in my mind somehow of like, wow, that was a ridiculous movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I just I get more out of it every time. So yeah, I'm glad that you guys got something out of it at least. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Absolutely. it was it was it was enjoyable. Like I said, uh, I was fifty fifty on. Like I sound like I was really down on it, but I still thought like it was a fun movie. So. I just see a lot of you and Jerry Boozy, so that's why I thought that you were gonna. Oh, I thought this was going to be. A He's just thing. just me fantasizing about forklift ballet. Well, not only that, but I could see like you got you have birds in your house, you have dogs, you have cats, and I'm like, Boozy's alone a lot. Like I'm sure you fucking talk to and, them. And my newest addition, Slick Rick, which you guys got to see first. My fish, Slick, Slick Rick. Rick. <laughs> yeah, and that's a Jap. Are they called Japanese fighting fish? Is that what they were called? Yeah, and I I really hate that they're at stores. I'll, like I just I feel awful for these fish because they're supposed to be in running water. Sorry, this is just a little side tip. But don't they fight with each other when they're put in the same tank? Well, because they're in a enclosed. It's like putting sharks together. Of course, they're gonna. <laughs> it's like they're supposed to be. You... They're supposed to be in streams and like doing their own thing. Yeah. So I I, I rescued him and now he's chilling. It's like every time <laughs> you and I are in the same room, we're always smooching. It's true. Just yeah. you know what the we're we're like the the magnets we just come together. Yeah, we're like the the opposite of Japanese fighting fish, but with kisses. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. Okay. I mean, that's what I was thinking. it since you guys have been in a room together? <laughs> it's, been it's been a while. while. It's been a while. We've, we've talked felt, about it a couple haven't times. haven't felt the warmth of boozy in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, if this uh, is what, like, you know, being in prison is like, because I don't get any conjugals from Mitch, then I don't want it. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. But yeah, Lexus, thank you so much for coming on again. And I would ask, or is there anywhere where our listeners can keep up with you? But I believe that you're kind of off everything right now. Hey. Which uh, rules? You're off the grid, yeah, huh? Um, I decided to go <laughs> off the grid. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't currently have the social medias, uh, mm-hmm. avoiding them at the moment. But I didn't delete my accounts, so um, I'll definitely be back on them at some point. Um, I just can't remember which one is which. They're both Lex Cecilia. One of them has an underscore in the middle. <laughs> I think, not to sound weird, but I think that's yeah. your Instagram, because I think that's the one that I use. Like, I use Instagram the most, yeah. and I'm pretty sure you're Lex. Yeah, Lex underscore Cecilia. Yeah, for Instagram, and then just one word, Lex Cecilia, for Twitter. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining again. Yeah, thank and you. I'm, I'm looking... glad I actually got to catch you on here. Yeah, me too. It was nice to actually yes. talk to you, Boozy. Surprise. Next time, next time I'll catch Kyle, hopefully. <laughs> uh, don't count oh, on it. Quick shout out. Uh, then speaking of Kyle, um, I finally checked out his EP. His EP. <laughs> yes. Uh, was shocked to hear, because that's that's him screaming. It yeah. blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, is this, this can't be. <laughs> you have no idea how nice it is as someone who's been like, you know, like it's been a couple of years since I've been heavily involved, but I grew up in bands and playing in the music scene and having your friends release CDs and having to pretend like they're anything other than dog shit. It's been so hard, but boy, is it nice when your friends release something that fucking rules like river yeah. slam. Like Kyle's so band is very good. They're yeah. solid. They're so good. I yeah, was and- very impressed. And also, so like on that same tangent, I finally checked out because you guys have been talking about this for so long. But Jam- is it Jambi's band? Yeah, Swayze- Jambi. Swayze. Swayze. Yeah. So, so good. good as well. Yes. So Swayze is one of my favorite bands. Just bar yeah. none. Pride of Saskatoon. Pride of Alvina. Just some shout out Saskatoon music. Shout out Jambi. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went I went and watched uh, the Snyder Cut at Jambi's cabin in the woods on friday like we we're in the middle of nowhere on a 104 inch screen we were watching the snyder cut yeah. we started it at 9 30 and finished it at 5 30 a.m <laughs> like because we took breaks but it's a four fucking jesus. hour movie jesus boozy imagine four hours of superman dude, and wonder dude, Woman. I, I, oh that it sounds like torture honestly that like awful. I, yeah, yeah does... i would i would be clockwork orange into that shit I hated it so much the first time, and you know how sick I am. I watched it again. And What's wrong with it. you? No, I love it. What's wrong with you? I don't. I don't love it, but I, I definitely enjoyed it more when I wasn't blackout drunk and getting stoned the whole time with Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Jesse wasn't there, right? Yeah, it was. Well, it was super. That's the problem, though, is that just when me and Jesse get together, it's always just a fun time. So it's super easy to laugh at a Snyder cut. <laughs> Uh, but yeah either way thank you so much for being here alexis and um we'll see you see you soon in person hopefully and uh see you soon on the podcast again and thank you so much for everyone for listening to another episode of the terror table 